The Asiarch Bone Reapers come forth in macabre splendor, for they are Nagash's will-given form. All that they kill becomes theirs, body and soul. There is a way to keep these undead horrors from the gates, to keep their netherite blades from sinking into living flesh. It is an option the Asiarch leaders take pains to outline in dry, sepulchral tones, negotiating with their victims to be in a morbid mockery of a parlay. The heart turns cold as the true horror of their proposal becomes clear. By giving unto them a sufficient offering of bone, the Asiarch Empire can be held at bay, but only for a time. It is a military force like no other. It is organized and efficient to a supernatural degree, led by generals created by Nagash himself and lent a measure of his necromantic power. For time immemorial, the legions of the Bone Reapers lay dormant underground, standing serried in hidden catacombs created when Nagash and Sigmar still called each other allies. Now, with the echoes of the Necroquake invigorating their cadaverous forms, they march to war by the thousands. At their fore is Catacros, Mortark of the Necropolis, an undying strategic genius whose centuries-long existence has been turned towards perfecting the art of war. The Asiarch Bone Reapers exist to conquer. They seek nothing less than to craft a new order from the bones of the old. Those who fail to meet their tithe, whether through choice or necessity, face a terrible fate. They will be callously torn apart, their flesh sorted from their skeleton, and their body from their soul, until they become nothing more than raw materials. Then, from their remains, from the very essence of who they once were, new bone reapers will be made. This is the terrible truth of the Ossiarchs. They turn their victims into more of their kind, and like death itself, they cannot be stopped. Welcome to the garage, you tools, for the next couple of hours. We're going to bring you all sorts of Ossiarch Bone Reaper goodness. And perhaps have a laugh or two along the way. So listen up. Bringing you bones, more bones, grossness, and uh, an undead army that doesn't seem like any other I've ever seen. I'm Dave Whitek. Uh, Listen up, folks. Alex is on vacation. Well, not really vacation. Alex is packing house for uh, stuff and things. And therefore, uh, he's taken a couple episodes off. And so I am here uh, by myself in the beginning here because, you know, I can do this. Uh, but I am not, not at all doing this alone. I have the one and only... Mr. Mephisto coming on uh, after the first break, and he's going to jump in. Uh, This is the guy who sort of clubbed me like a poor little baby seal um, at uh, the last uh, Wapaka. Um, And, uh, yeah, he knows his Bone Reapers, and we had a fun time playing them. I learned a lot about Bone Reapers playing against him. Uh, It's a pretty darn cool army. It's uh, it's kind of bananas what they can do. Now he brought Nagash, and like I, I have that model too, and I've brought him to the party uh, when when I've played, uh, and and he's ugh. 
But uh, still, even without him, I think this is a formidable army. I think it's going to be pretty cool. We're going to cover the lore today, and I am excited. But before we get to that, I do want to take a moment to thank the sponsors of Garage Hammer, and they are Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. Six Squared Studios, who have all your MDF basing needs. Um, And they've got a lot of other cool stuff. If you are playing games that require anything to keep track of tokens or stuff like that, they've got little trays. They've got all sorts of great stuff. Uh, Kevin and Brad and those guys are just awesome. Check them out at Six Squared Studios. That's the number six, the words squaredstudios.ca. And, of course, Grognard Games, because there's always something happening at Grognards. Um, They're open again, and that's awesome. I'm so happy for them. They are open. You can't game in there because how are you going to stay six feet away um, and, and, and still play a game? Uh, but they are open. Uh, their online store has always been open. They are open for sales. If, you're, uh, if, you're one of the, if you are not certain that you want to be going out, uh, you can uh, do online or you can do, they still do doing curbside service. So Grognard Games, that's, uh, that's our, our other sponsor. So, okay, let's keep on moving on. Also, speaking of sponsors, our Patreon sponsors. I want to thank everybody, everybody. Who helps make this show and everything we do with it happen. Those people who are part of the almost 1% of our listeners who make this show the thing that it is. Uh, and I want to thank our associate producers, Phil Elliott, Dwight Sims, Christopher Sanders, and Lance Pear. And our executive producers, Colin Miller. Colin, Colin Miller? I, wow, I can't even read. I quit looking over my glasses. Uh, Colin Miller and Andrew Frank Husen. Uh, thank you guys for doing everything uh, that you can do to make this show possible. Um, and I want to kind of go quick because I want to get things going here. Um, so I'm just going to mention voicemail real quick. Uh, and uh, because I don't have a new voicemail as of right now, I don't think I do since the last one. At least one's not coming up. But I do want to let you guys know that... If you call 1-757-GH-SHOW-6, that's 1-757-GH-SHOW-6, you too can leave a voicemail for me or Alex or both of us or whatever. I mean, you could leave it for other people, but they won't get it because that's only me and Alex who hear the voicemails. Um, and that would just be weird. But please call, leave a voicemail. We love to hear from you guys. We love to hear from everybody. We really do. Um... We've gotten a lot of positive feedback on the Fire Slayers episode. Oh, that tempted me to do this, do that army. It seems like it would be so fast to paint up and play. But that's not what's happening. Because what's happening is I'm actually cutting down. I have, uh, uh, just uh, before we go to break, I have sold off almost every bit of my Ultramarines. And I am now in the process. Oh, Harrison's uh, High Elves are gone. I'm in the process of cataloging and selling all of my old dwarf army. Or as you might know it now, Dwarden as well as anything else I have left, including all of my legions of Nagash. I am keeping Kira's Ogres and my uh, Night Haunt and Nagash, because Nagash. Uh, everything else is going to go. Um, so if anyone's interested in a dwarf army, um, <laughs> still with square bases, perfect for 8th edition and ninth age players. <laughs> Bet you would never hear that name on this show. Uh yeah, so that's what I'm doing. That's uh, that's my hobby talk. Uh, I've been painting a little bit, um, painting up my Star Wars models 
that I bought, having a good time starting to get a little hobby mojo back uh, after it was literally destroyed back in February and January, uh, and I mean decimated. Uh, but I'm starting to get that back, so I'm excited. Um, I'm back uh, feeling the hobby a bit. After reading this stupid lore, I uh, almost wanted to go out and buy some of these models. But I'm not doing that because I'm clearing out space to make space because Harrison's home from college and he needs more of the basement than we thought. So anyway, we're going to be right back with Mephisto and we will be uh, talking Bone Reapers. So get your books, settle down, get yourself a cup of coffee. We are on the way. Just one moment. We'll be back. Right, folks, Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chessex Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted boarded miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. And we are back, and as promised, I am here with the man himself, the rant cast legend, Mr. Mephisto. Come on and uh, say hey. Uh, it's, it's, uh, the full title is The Magical Mr. Mephisto, the most dangerous man in Age of Sigmar. Uh, you have to say the whole thing every time. It's like a tribe called Quest or a pimp named Slickback. Or Usador from the uh, from the Magic Tavern. Uh, I'm just going to let you know. I, <laughs> that's, right, that's right. I, I flat out nice, refuse. Nice deep cut on that. <laughs> yeah. No, I got the shirt with the whole thing. Ah, I am Usador, Wizard of the Twelfth from Ephesus. Ah, uh, the whole thing. Yeah. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> All right. Well, Mephisto's fine then. Mephisto's that works. Fine. Okay. Yeah. Because if we keep doing that, uh, eventually it's going to get silly. Because I'll just start adding stuff onto it, like like you're. Uh, <laughs> Like you're one of the emperors. Uh, what do you call those guys? The uh, in 40k, the guys. Uh, the well, they get the they get the um, they get the 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 marks of purity or whatever, and you just like keep getting them for deeds. So eventually, you're all like marks of purity. Oh no, I was thinking more along the golden guys, like the really like the super elites that you could play now. The ones who are like the emperor's royal personal guard. They're yeah, like, I don't know what 40k is. Oh, they're they're like bigger than Space <laughs> Marines, but their names just keep getting added to and, and written inside their armor. Where some of the guys have like names that are like 400 names long because every deed gets their name added to it. And I'll start okay. doing that to you. I just will. Cause that's, that's that's awesome. Actually, like I'm all about that, but I, I simply <laughs> don't know what 40k is. Okay. Like I just I don't know. No, I, like Ferris Manus, by the way. Oh, there you go. Ferris Ferris Manus is what Iron Hand of the Iron Hands, and he has an Iron Hand. 
That's that's like the cheeky kind of humor I love, like Ferris Manus of the Iron Hands with, or of the Iron Fist with an Iron Fist. Like, come on, that's it's so dumb, it's awesome. It's like, wonderful it's, because, but not, everything pales compared to the Blood Angels and the Blood Everything. Every weapon they have is a blood weapon or a sanguinous weapon or something like that. It's oh yeah. It's oh, yeah. wonderful. And, and, and Mephistopheles, not to go off a rabbit hole, but you mentioned I'm from Rantcast, and that's my brand, is, is rabbit holes. Mephistopheles, <laughs> if, if, if your audience here that, that cross over with 40K, if you ever read the 1D4 Chan article for Mephistopheles, it's like the funniest thing ever. <laughs> it's just like him screaming at walls and things blowing up because he's Space Dracula. <laughs> it's great. But I don't know what 40K is, because so like I can't really talk Dracula. about it. Oh, I barely know what 40K is. That's why I had to sell my ultramarines. It just, I proved every time I took the field, I had no idea what 40K is. I actually own like 4,000 points of Blood Angels because they're space vampires. When I started out playing Age of Sigmar, rather, when I started out playing Warhammer, it was Warhammer Fantasy Battle. I think I pinned it down to, to either third or fourth edition. That would have been like the mid-90s. Um, wow. I played Army Book Undead. Okay? So like... Vampire Counts and Tomb Kings didn't exist yet. It was it no, was you were, just undead. You were playing yeah. before I was playing. I didn't start till the very end of sixth. No, so I was middle school is when I started playing. I was sixth grade. So wow, I'm, okay. I'm thirty five years old. I had to do math to figure it out. I think it's fourth edition. Yeah, I was playing really really young. Um, within my time span of playing Warhammer Fantasy Battle through middle school up through high school is when they split into Vampire uh, Vampire Counts and Tomb Kings, and so I had to pick a side, and I picked. Uh, Tomb King, or I picked Vampire Counts because it was the first book to come out. You chose kept... wisely. I chose it correct, yeah. Uh, but then I go off to college, and uh, I, I put all my armies in storage. I go off to college, and the game of the land is 40K, so I play the Space Vampires, which is Blood Angels. Of course. And I played that basically up until my mid-20s when I, I moved to Milwaukee, uh, met a girl, started a family, went on like a 10-year hiatus, and I came back into Age of Sigmar – and I looked at my uh, – Haywell got me back in Age of Sigmar. He's like, you should come play Warhammer. It's good again. And I'm like, okay, dude, what's up? And uh, But where my death homie's at? And he's like – at that time, it's just kind of GA death. And I'm like, so it's like Army Book Undead all over again? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It kind of so was. was. Yeah. No, that's great. That's great. Man, you've been playing forever. Uh, I mean, I had like a 10-year hiatus. And I don't count any of the 40K stuff I ever did because 40K was – uh, the joke is that I don't know what 40K is. That That's a rolling <laughs> joke on Rantcast. I have no idea because it stops 40K conversations immediately. And you go, what's 40K? <laughs> you just, what's 40K? And then just like it stops the conversation immediately because like there's two types of responses. People who don't know you're serious and they try to explain it. And whilst they're trying to explain it, they realize that they're being kind of silly. And then the people who realize you're joking to not talk about it. <laughs> well, that's okay. We can talk about it here. This is a polyamorous sort of show. We love everything Games Workshop. If it's made by GW, you can talk about it here. Oh, Blood Bowl. Speaking of vampires. Oh, never mind. All right. Well, let's go. Love it. <laughs> We're here so to talk good. about Asiarch about Bone Reapers. Yes, right? we are. And I asked you on because you're actually uh, – the only time I got to really play against them was against you. And as I said in the intro before you came on, how I got I – got, uh, clubbed like a baby seal but that again you did bring uh, you did bring you did bring the big n if, and, if, and, to be fair that was in ulgu so i'm i'm a famous insomniac okay <laughs> okay i'm a horrible insomniac i i average on a good week about four hours of sleep a night um i have weeks where i don't sleep for like two 
two, two and a half days and I'll sleep for like six hours. I'll binge six hours. It's really bad. Uh, in my life, I have never slept better than the night at PACA where we knew what realm we were in the next day going to bed. And I said, <laughs> oh, it's Ulgu. And I have Nagash with Umbral Spell Portal. Slept like a baby. Oh, yeah. I, that, that was brutal. Although I will say, in my defense, I was cleaning up a lot of the board except for him. I just well, – basically, I had to run away from him and say, okay, well, he's going to do what he wants, but I'm just going to start uh, – I'm going to throw enough ghosts at you guys where I can slow you down at least. It, it was a decent strategy because essentially what, what – I'm running so few heroes, I have to play a two-point strategy. Uh -huh. And you're playing a two-point strategy, right? Right. So, and, and that's how you go into that, That because uh, in case the audience says, no, that was uh, Places of Arcane Power, right? You got three points diagonal across the, uh, across the middle. Uh, heroes capture, and they stay on it until they're taken. It's King of the Hill. Like, you stay right. on it until you're taken off of it. Um, I got the first turn somehow. Um, barely managed to out-deploy you, I think, because you had a battalion. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm like, I think it was four drops, and you were like five drops. So I, like, barely out-deploy out you. So, like, I'm, I'm like, it's it's... I know that with Nagash, usually you want to seed that first turn, right? Um, but I know with King of the Hill, with Nagash, if I get onto the points, I just camp him in the middle with Umbral Spell Portal in Ulku. I can put it anywhere on the table. Right. It was stupid. I mean, you did. You were just killing my characters left and right. And I'm like, yeah. well, I'll just try to kill everything you have except him and see what I can do. I knew I couldn't win. I was just going to see, can I take down – if I take down everything but him – I'm still going to lose because, I mean, once he was camped and you were earning points, I, I was like, okay, I, I'm not going to win this, but let's see how much damage I can do. The pivotal point was really because a diagonal sort of to the to the left, I had my 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 bone sha uh, my bone shaper, which is my one other hero on the list because Nagash is a very top-heavy list when right. you're running Ossiarch Bone Reapers. Um, so I had, like, the bone shaper, but you get the spell that essentially gates something within 24 inches on Ulgu. So I had the bone shaper gate forward the big block of, of Mortec Guard, uh -huh. make a nice little bubble, and then I ran him up, and I had to roll, like, a... I had to roll at least a four. Now, you can keep in mind, with Ossiarch Bone Reapers, you cannot... Six your run. You can't auto six your run. You don't have that available. Right. So I had to roll those dice, and I was fully willing to use my tournament reroll on it. Oh, I knew. <laughs> I knew. I was watching what was going. It was that was crazy. So so I deployed. I deployed aggressively up on the line. I said Nagash is going to go here. He has no problem getting there because uh, he can fly twelve inches in in Osiric Bone Reapers with an RDP. He gets the plus three inch move. Uh -huh. um, so I'm like he's just going to fly onto the middle. Uh, if his Mortec Guard unit that's sort of screening for him can catch him, awesome. If they can't, whatever, I will take on your entire army. So I was ready. Um, and then I just – and then I'm like the the, the pinnacle the, – the, the sort of critical point for me was, was really just landing that early run for that Bone Shaper to get him within three inches because it's got to be three inches on, on Arcane Power. Uh, get him within three inches of that objective and I think I rolled that – I, I think I straight rolled like a five or something, so I had plenty of real estate to, with an aggressive deployment, get him right where I needed him, using one RDP to move him plus three inches, plus five inches on the run, and then he's a base five-inch run, I think it was, so just enough to like put him right in that bubble. Um, and he had already teleported his screen in a nice little bubble up in front of him, you know, with like a little 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 corridor for him to run through. Yep. Uh, so I'm like, now I just need to hold that side objective while you throw everything at it. Because you had so many speed bumps on the top side of the map, I wasn't going to bother with it either. Well, and that was the other part. It was it's like, okay, I know I can grab one because you only had the two characters. I'm like, I'll grab this. I'll drop 40 guys around it, 
make sure I can hold it with the character, boom. And then I had my teleporty guy just jump over there, drag a unit with him, and then I just kept dragging everything I could with me. I'm like, I just, I just kept hitting. I'm like, if I can take him down quick enough, maybe I can turn this around. But then you just started putting out the little, the little, uh, the looking glass, and they're like, oh, that character's dead, and now that character's dead. Yeah, the dead. overall and portal. I'm just like, just, like throwing, uh, just open up the door and throwing these hands through it. You were getting these hands. It was because you had a only one hero that could capture on the bottom side, and as soon as I handed dusted that, yep, I'm like, I'm like, okay, I got that one. The only one that can can do it. So like my bone shaper, if you had basically if you had killed me a turn sooner and that guy lived, if you killed my bone shaper a turn sooner and that guy lived, you could have taken the game back because there was no way I could have unseated you from the top point. It, it was so, close, you know, but yeah, but if you killed the character, oh, actually, unless you take it back, I, I still have it, even if my guy dies, doesn't he? That's how that works, I think. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, that is. So that's, I could have. Yeah, so so you would have had to, like, you had, I think you had, like, Raikoner and you had, like, some, like, a, a Dreadblade Harrow and stuff, yep. or a Dreadblade Harrow. Yep. So you could have gotten another hero from that point, but of course, I'm just, like, the whole game for me was I'm going to remove all your heroes Spell so that portal. Like, you've got your point up top, but you have nobody to go take that, even if my entire table's nuked on the bottom side. Exactly. And I was here first, so I've been scoring more points. Right, and that's what wound up happening, because spell portal, sticking it in your face, hand to Dustin, all your guys. That's just the whole game. Just kept going. Yeah. Well, Ulgu, it's like, when, is, when was Ulgu? I'm, if this was if it was anywhere else, we'd have played a real game. <laughs> hey, and once again, I mean, honestly, I had all of it stacked against me. And I and I came close, and I, I'll take that. We had a we had a fun game. It was a great game. We 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 made uh, we made the musical. Yes, you know, we did. Like, I was just bringing that back. You you had this like we had this whole like narrative arc with like with like Lady Ol or not Lady Olander. Reichner was mad that Lady Olander was uh, was uh, had sworn fealty right. to uh, 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 to Nagash, and Reichner was trying to like. Uh, Take a revolt and take the the yep. night haunt uh, out of the clutches of the supreme lord of the undead, and uh, it was really. And we were singing about it was great. Gonna was run really forward, cool. roll a one, and stumble and fall. Not getting there. Like it was just the whole. Just like, and then that I'm just insane. like, of course, hearing the like, like in the background, <laughs> you're like, and then just like, and a portal to That's the ghost, <laughs> you know, just like coming through and just. <laughs> that was crazy. That yes, was, was so much fun. We had Adam Salmon singing along with us, like one, one or two tables down. It was just that was a crazy game. All right, but let's let's talk about let's talk about the lore. We'll talk about the actual play stuff uh, on the next episode, obviously. But so, um, I love the cover. I don't like these guys' faces. I've said it enough times. I just think they look kind of dumb. But mm. that's just me. I just don't like. I don't like the crafted faces. Like I've seen people who've replaced them with regular skeleton heads, and I'm like, okay, I can get behind that. But just yeah, Brendan Melnick did that with his. They got regular skeleton heads. Um, go ahead. And I like they got the guy with the four arms that has the four swords and not the two swords because that's not how you swing a sword with two left arms or two right arms. That would not work. That would not yeah, give you a any little more awkward. power. If you yeah. have them both with uh, with the top left and right and the bottom left and right, and you're swinging side like you know horizontally, you know yeah. one towards the neck, one towards uh, disembowelment, that works. That would See, look awesome. I, I, I counterpoint to both of these points. So like the ones that have like top hand, bottom hand, mm -hmm. uh, they're going to Ken Griffey Jr. it is what's going to happen. So they're going to like release like in the follow through. Yeah, yeah. But still, yeah. it's so, just. At, 
It's awkward. It's not getting. It's not getting it's the a, swing. It, I'll concede on that one, but I will not concede on the faces. I love the faces. Hey, I know you know what? I know I'm early. in the minority here. No, I know I'm in the minority here, but no, I just no way. I think no I way. am because, and and honestly, I mean, let's face it. Uh, if anyone who listens to the show knows, I'm a fanboy. They haven't put out an army where I've been like that army sucks in like ever. And I looked at this one, I'm like, this army sucks. And it started to grow on me. You, you cut me deep. You cut me deep. It started Dave. to grow you on me, me once, but it's the, it's the heads. It's the heads, and then the forearm guys with the sword, double sword on each side thing. Just and and you, and and I and and the and uh, I'm sorry. And like I said, that's and I. I've already gone through it. I don't want to bag on it because I know there's people who love it. But the 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 the, the harvester, the giant turkey looking thing, it's just it's not working for me. And I wow. want to love it. Wow, man, you just ah, like you 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 stabbed me in the heart. Hey, off at the onset with like hating the faces, and you just kept twisting. Each to his own, man. I, I, I mean, if you love this it. army, more power to you. Because I will say, now is it is it Catacross? How do we pronounce in his name? Catacross, just Catacross. Or best across is uh, actually <laughs> ultimate pronunciation. Uh, that shout outs to Brendan Melnick. There you go. <laughs> that uh, that model. I mean, first of all, it's a display piece because it's like he's got three other, four other guys with him. That is one of the nicest models GW has put out. Like I look at the Catacross Mortark of the Necropolis model, and I am blown away. Like I love everything about this model. Yes, it's, it's amazing. I, it's for me. It is the best model they've ever released because, and and I know I'm a death homer. Uh, I'm shamelessly a death homer, so you can feel free to at me. Oh, you and but me it both. Is, it is it is the best model they've released for this reason alone. It has redefined what it even means to be a model to begin with. It is a diorama. It is. There is a exactly category for dioramas. How many awesome dioramas of people's various takes on Catacross and reposing him, repositioning him, adding other stuff to a base, putting him on a more dynamic scenery, like backdrop. Like it's, it's so, it, it just, it's the best. And no. then, and then I love Keeper Secrets. The new models is fantastic. Um, I'm still a big, big fan of the Maw Crusher. It's, it's so great. Like it's the most orky. He's like standing on the back and he's got oh. like just the chains. Like so I there's, agree. There's some, I love. There are some. Uh, Mangler Squig is probably one of the best models in the game, or the uh, Loon Boss on Ma- Mangler Squig yeah. is probably one of the best models around. And I love like, so my Nagash some- model, and I love the Ark on the Black. It's just. It's. I think that what you said that is a display. It's. It's a diorama. It's not just yeah. everything else is a model. Well, they, and, this thing and, is a diorama. This reminds me of like when you when I bought some of the like the Horus Heresy Forge World ones with like uh, Abaddon and uh, Loken on it, where it's like you could have them separate, but you put them together into this display piece. That's what this is. Well, like Gotrick, Gotrick is similar in like almost getting there of being a diorama because he's got his alternate base right where he's on this like right. this like sort of like scaffolding and stuff. Um, but really, really, what pushes it over the top for me is that Catacross's model tells a story. Um, like, I, I'm going to blaspheme a little bit here because, you know, Archeon the Everchosen. Archeon the Everchosen's model doesn't say, I am the Grand Marshal of the Apocalypse. It says, I'm a dude, I'm a dragon, and I'm Phytan. And by the way, I probably can't reach you with my sword in my hand. Yeah. But- Catacross's model, he is... Like, he's got his hand on his shield, he's got his halberd off to the side, and he is surveying the battlefield, not really, like, fighting. Because the model is is the best general in the mortal realms, the most just right. as planned, the, what was his name, Chrysaro Creed or whatever? 
um, from 40k. Like, oh, okay. he is the, the creed. Like, he is this, this battlefield tactician, and his model says, I'm this battlefield tactician. And you have the retinue around him, though. His banner yes, bearer, his all, general. Like, they're all, like, swirling around him, and they're all, like, you've got the one prostrating before him. Holding out the scroll, yeah. The scroll, yes. You've got the, the, you've got the spy master with the, like, birds. With the before ravens, we yeah. knew that war scroll, we are like, oh, we got, like, a bird dude. He's probably some sort of, like, scout master or something. And then, like, oh, spy master. I was close. Like, you, you had this, like, understanding of what that model was even going to be before it was out and we had rules for it. It tells the story. It's so good. It's so, so good. Also, I mean, Michelangelo literal, literally sculpted that cod piece, let's be honest. Well, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, and I do, I will say, and, and I did like, uh, right when I saw them, I do like the cavalry, uh, partially because their heads are mostly covered in helmets, so they don't look as that, like, that. the thing that irritated me was Man, not there. Man, you're just going to keep harping on the face. I'm not harping, they... but I'm saying... It, it, what my initial reaction was all of these – I didn't like the skulls, and they were covered up. And once you sort of took that out of the equation, I'm like, oh, I really like this model. Like I even like the guy – I even like uh, the the guy, the, the Jeff Dunham puppet, uh, Ahmed. Uh, what is it? Oh, the Soul Mason. Mm, even yeah, though he's sitting the, on the weird walking see, stool that's, thing. That's the – on the Gecko Walker from Metal Gear Solid? Yeah. yeah. Oh. That's the only one that doesn't quite land for me. But he's uh, he's pretty cool, and I just make fun of him because he lives. He does look like that Jeff Dunham skeleton puppet because sitting there a little like bit. that. Yeah, a little bit. No, no, I I got to defend the faces now because you've taken shots a few times. I love that. I I've I've played. We we mentioned my lineage going back to old school undead. I've always loved skeletons and necromancers. Right? This is like my jam. Yep. And vampires, skeleton, necromancers, vampires. That that's my jam. Um and. They finally gave skeletons personality, like tons and tons of personality. When you grab your box of Mortec Guard, it comes with 20, and you have, like, ablative skulls in that box. So, like, if you're like, oh, this one's, like, a little derpy, he's grinning too much, like, you don't use the grinning one. You grab the one that looks more, more like, serious and Okay, and because that's, that's, that's like, honestly what gets me, is the super grin. Like, if, you're, if you have the book with you, if, if you're listening at home, folks, and you have the book, if you flip over to the places where they have the Necropolis Stalkers and the Immortus Guard and all these Necropolis Stalkers, and you look at the ones with, like, they've got these Joker grins that just irritate the heck out of me. If you go through the art book, like, you go through the art book and you see, like, their faces that are, like, shifting and aggressive and, like, vicious. Like, this vicious mocking grin, which is that, like, Nagashian arrogance. Well, and that's it. Right. Like, if you look at the Soul Mason, he's not got that Joker's face. He's got a regular face. Look at Archon. Look at Nagash. They all have expression, but it's not that I just – it's the Joker <laughs> face that's in so many of the pictures that drives yeah. me batty. Right, and and I, I I get it. The Joker face was the original meme, which is why I don't think you're in the minority because that's the meme that came out when that army dropped. It wasn't until people found out it was good that they reversed course and like, stopped <laughs> Joker faces. Um, I defended it early. I love skeletons with personality. In my mind, you got one of two directions you can go with with skeletons, and I didn't know about this second direction until GW showed me there was a second direction because originally it was your army of darkness, you know, right? With the Danny Elfman, bop. Bond, like that song, you know, that marching tune. <laughs> yeah. Like you're either the Danny Elfman skeletons and then you're like a total meme and like it's funny and it's cute and it's 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 schlocky. That's skeleton formula one. 
is Army of Darkness Skeletons, which is totally what my Legions of Nagash army is, by the way. Well, I mean, they're, they're, they're very, like, like Pan-Asian themed. Okay. Which is another reason I really resonated with this army, because they already had that, that Pan-Asian theme. If I line up my, my, um, my, uh, Staliarch Lords, I'm sorry, my, uh, my murder ponies right next to my Black Knights, you're gonna go, oh, this is the same, the same Legion. Because that Pan-Asian vibe from from what they put into the Kavalos Death Riders mm-hmm. is already present in my like sort of heavily samurai converted Black Knights in my Sweet. LON army. Sweet, nice. Yeah, yeah, but like, but they what they did is they they gave them this this personality, this 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 sentience, and it's very vicious and it's very mocking. Oh yeah, but that's so Nagash. That's so deliciously evil. Oh yeah. And it and it's I mean it's uh, well let, you know what let's get into this because we, we uh, and it's it, I rarely just sit there and talk models that much but uh, you you're as passionate about this as I am so if if I may lead lead the intro with a sure. passage because I I love how the battle tomes all start with like essentially propaganda you know the slaves to darkness battle tome uh, right. has the like uh, Sigmar is a false god is the first line of that whole battle tome. Right, and I and, yeah, and uh, that first page. I always read that first that first page oh, with yeah. the introduction at the beginning of the shows when we do the when we do the uh, book coverage because they're they're always it's like yeah. oh this is worth reading. But but what really stood out what I, I think this sets the tone for all the lore we're about to dive into here is this this first sentence page eight the tithe of bones okay oh, okay though okay though Nagash intends to ultimately repeal sentience from all the creatures of the realms. He realizes that efficacies, the efficiencies, can be had from the measured distribution of free will in the meantime. It's so good. So he's he's like, oh yeah, like I'm going to strip everyone of their free will because I'm like this evil. Like he thinks that like the the end game is everything is dead, and and like, I rule over and, it, and it just... and I rule over it, and then there is there is ultimate order. The ultimate order is death because in death you have no free will and if you have no free will you can't invite chaos in with your excess and your depression and your uh and he your, has your a plan. hatred. I mean it's glib it's but it's 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 it there's like a logic to it. Yeah. The, the, the and and so you go okay oh yeah so if like Nagash wins like chaos loses but then you also go wait but if Nagash wins everybody's dead and there's no free will so like that's pretty evil um but it's it's still like in the world you go okay and then what he does is he's he dilutes this dilutes the free will across this uh, this ossian empire across all the ossiarch bone reapers and well how does he do this right and 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 what is the significance and what does he think is is great about this well what's great about this is like is like he blends the souls together. He takes the traits from every various entity and person, like the greatest cavalryman ever and the greatest field tactician. He blends their souls with a dozen other like martial like masters to make like the leader of of his Cavalos Death Rider unit. Right, yeah. there's twelve souls in that lead unit. That's why he's awesome. And and so like you you have these like these souls that he's just taking like fragments of, and their personality is assumed to kind of like come down through those souls that he's blended together. But what's awesome is he can go. All right, I want you to go. I want you to go take care of this. I want you to go over there and take that 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 like not just that that outpost because I can just do that with regular undead. 
I'll just like swarm it like like in World War Z, and they just like pile on top of each other until they overtake the until they overtake the city, like army ants eating an elephant corpse. Like I can just do that with un- the regular undead. But no, no, no. I want you to go and essentially set up infrastructure. I want you to like take over. I want you to get in there. I want you to build an em- build me an empire. This is what's bananas. This is like Sauron levels of build me an army worthy of Mordor type of thing here. Oh, that's so bad. Yo, no kidding. And uh, okay, now I know some people get mad at me for, but I go through and I don't care. I highlight my books when I read the lore because I like to hit the part. I like to just instead of taking copious notes, I got post-its all over. There you go. (laughs) And so, like, I have so much highlight in the beginning because this. First of all, it's a new army, so like, there's no rehashing of old stuff or at least old tropes. Like even fire slayers, even though the lore is new. You know, like that. What? But they're still based off of the old slayers from the old, you know, the world that was. You know, this is something completely different. I have so much highlighted. I'm going through here and just talking about how they come in and they demand their tithe and all that. And I think most people who are listening at least have that idea in order: well, is that these guys show up and they're like, "You can give us some bones." And we'll come back later for more bones, or we'll kill you all and just take everything you have. We'd rather take a milk you for them because it's right. better to take the milk every morning than to kill the cow. But that's up right. to you, right? And I'm reading right. this. Well, and it's industry. He's created industry with the the people. It's it's so like on one hand, there's like an there's certainly an allegory here, right? For for modern times, which is you know why I love Philip K. Dick and and all those like lofty oh, yeah. writers who wrote essentially fantasy and sci-fi, but they're really giving you a lesson about reality. That's what's going on here. He's creating this industry where like like I will well, you just have everyone in your village cut off a hand, and we'll come back in a hundred years and everyone in your village cut off a hand again, and like because he knows that long game. Like he can reap the living if he feels like it, because he's he's Nagash, right? right? He can reap the living if he feels like it, but that's just like an, a, a a a temporary like flux of the resource, souls and 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 bones, which are kind of the currency, right? Right. A, that's a temporary. But if we essentially, you know, take it in measure gradually over time, my empire gets exponentially larger. Yeah. And that's and that's part of what really as I'm reading this and uh, you know and this happens and you know every time we put out an episode that covers a book someone will eventually go either on Twitter or onto the Facebook page and be like darn it Dave now you got me wanting to buy this army and I'm thinking to myself yeah I do the same thing to myself leave me alone. <laughs> Like every time, every well, time I, I swear I was talking to Rotor. I was sitting here painting stupid Star Wars figures, talking to Rotor last week, literally about how when we put out the Fire Slayers, I was sitting there going, you know, I could buy four of those getting started boxes and have an army and I could paint them up with the exception of the little the beasties. The actual Fire Slayers, I could paint up really fast and I had to stop. Wait a minute. You're trying to clear out space. What are you doing? I'm reading this going, yeah, that tower is kind of big and, and ugly, but it's kind of scary. And then when you realize what it's for, I'm like, oh, and I already have Nagash. And I'm just happy. what am I doing? Like, because this is so cool. Can we talk like you were talking about how they blend up and grind up the different oh, yeah. essences and stuff? Hold on, and I'm like I said, I'm back on still on Reapers of the Dead, because um, they're not automatons; they are soldiers. And well, this this is this is the most important part of the Ossiarch Bone Reapers. 
right. that they have this this modicum of free will like amongst themselves right and, and we can really go into this with Catacros, who who's like there are like three characters that are allowed to just have their soul wholly intact four if you kind of count archon because he gets gifted a legion right mm-hmm. but like like you have the three well, characters like no 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 you're cool enough to just keep your will well Catacross but, didn't need to be fixed because he has no he was he's more like nagash perfect. yeah he was just already he's a perfect, perfect subject but i'm look, reading this here okay they're allowed it's like you were saying they're allowed a sliver of independence though just enough to ensure they comprehend the spirit of each command as well as the letter of the rule in this way the masters of the bone reapers can charge their cohorts with a long-term goal such as taking a strategically important location and then leave to pursue their own agendas and it's like, oh, okay, I get it. And this, honestly, and I, I, hate to, I hate to rub salt into the Tomb King players' wounds, but this reminds me of when the Tomb Kings, when they resurrected their models. Of course, they weren't blended and done. They were just literally putting the souls of that person back in. It wasn't just animated, uh, animated uh, no-will uh, yeah. Constructs. It was the your, actually your standard those, shambling. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't a shambling. It was the souls, and this is what they're putting them back. And then you start reading about how it's like. And then they start. Okay, so this is where we pick up our stuff. So we're going to build a little uh, thing here for you to leave the bones. And then around that, they start building for. And it's like, oh, everything start. The more they collect, the more it starts to build up. It's like playing any of these games where you just start uh, where you're building your little fortress and building your civilization. And They're like an RTS, the army. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, they, civilization. It, yeah. it starts off okay. We got a little hut here for you to bring or bring the the bone tithe, and then now we're going to put a little thing around, a little thing around that, a little thing around that, and then next thing you know, they're building a, paths along the ley lines. Oh, oh dude, it, it's it's way more hardcore than that. Like they have bridges that span continents. That cross oceans. That's oh yeah, we're gonna get to that. We got because I, I want to keep this in order, otherwise we're gonna forget stuff. That was yeah. bananas. I was like oh, writing that. I'm like, what is happening? Oh, and well, if this and if there's the a storm, part- we'll just magically uh, craft your feet right to the bridge, so you won't fall off. And then when the storm passes, I mean, it's not gonna hurt you. You're a skeleton. When the storm passes, we'll just unbond your feet and you can keep moving along. Like, My favorite what? part of it is like other civiliz- civilizations stumble upon these bridges and they're just like, eh. It's what we do. No big deal. Like and they just like yeah. like they, it's, it's it's so and to to not like bury the lead too far. Like they have culture and art yes. as undead. It's insane because like, it's, they're building something big. They are actually building the necropolis. They have libraries and they have all this stuff that they're. Now it's all built out of bone and it's sick and it's demented. Yeah, but it's yeah. I mean, it's 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 certainly twisted. But, like, they have this, like, so, like, it's macabre. It's the most goth thing you'll ever see. It's, like, <laughs> Rossier Bone Reapers, like, building that they built. And they're like, oh, no, it's high art. And you're just like, but there's faces screaming at me in pain. And you're like, Doesn't it, isn't it beautiful? And then you're just like, like, if you could just imagine for a moment, like, sort of like a Coen Brothers-esque villain right. in the Osiric Bone Reapers, right? Where, like, they're just, like, actually talking to you and, like, oh, yeah, like, oh, just sign here on the dotted line. Yeah, we won't kill your civilization. And they're, like, walking you through their opulence of their society and stuff. Like, okay, so you can live here, mortals, uh, you know, but we're going to come back in 100 years and we want this many bones. Yeah. And, like, they have, like, 
this contract and they're like and you're just like this is the most terrifying thing ever because everything's made out of bone and they're like i know isn't it sweet and beautiful (laughs) and it's so interesting because you start to see what nagash is trying to build yes everything's going to be soulless and nothing's going to have its own free will although it seems like it might be at least sentient to some degree because like once he builds everything what else is there to do like uh, that's what i always question about him the calling like once he builds everything he's going to call everybody essentially this is nagash is the long the long game guy he is the long it's, game it's, guy it's it's, it's what like i love him about Zinch. him it's like him and zinch are like the most longest con like dyphic entities in in all of warhammer but there's like, still Nagash, those elements of his humanity from all the way back when he lived awesome. there's all the way back when he lived in um where the tomb kings lived and why am i blanking on the name Nehekara, yeah or, um yeah when he lived it's like there's still elements of he still Okay, everything's going to be dead. Who's going to use any of this? Who cares? He's still building a society. Who's going to appreciate He's... the art? Who's going to like? Well, that's the thing. That that's why I love Nagash as like a villain because the whole thing about him is he's sort of the self-made like you like he feels like he was robbed tony stark goes has a heel turn right? right like he he's a self-made ambitious human he feels like he was he, robbed he was robbed and, of his rights at birth because he was the well, the first, the second-born son leads. The first-born son becomes the priest. Yeah, and he was pissed because he wanted a lead, and he and he, yeah. It's important to talk about Nagash because uh, his character is so important to understanding how Asiarch Bone Reapers, like, essentially, I don't want to say get get retconned into AOS lore because AOS is such a blank canvas; they're just filling in this, the white space for me. Well, and let me but jump like, in on this for just a second because yeah, 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 a lot of people this. complain about retconning, and it's it's easier to do if you want to call it that in here because, as we find out, he's been building these guys since the age of myth because he's been he's been planning on double crossing Sigmar forever. Right. But it's not even that. If you recall back, because now that I know how long you've been playing, if you remember back in the uh, seventh ed, uh, when they had the new Empire book came out, and they brought in the demigriffs, mm-hmm. and everyone's like, or whatever they were called, the griff hound, griff chart, whatever they were, everyone's like, oh, so now, demigriffs. yeah, demigriffs. Okay, I did get it right. Now uh, everyone's like, oh no, they just brought. Now they're bringing in something new. Now it's this new thing. It's this new thing. And I remember my friend uh, Greg Dan, who I w- who I used to do. Uh, uh, after Eleanor with, and he's been on the show a bunch of times. He's like, no, 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 they were always there. That's they're not just saying there's something new. They were always there. You're just now finding out about them, and that's kind of how this works. If if you're gonna sit there and get mad every time they bring something new in, then you're just gonna get mad because if they don't bring something new in, then what happens? The game stagnates. It stagnates. Well, and, and the, the I think the difference, the, the one of the big differences is 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 old Warhammer, um, like the world that was, is written very much like a timeline. This, right. All of the all of the books in Age of Sigmar are written like propaganda. Yes. Like where it's like it's very much from the perspective of that book, right? Right. Because like, even Beast of Chaos, Beast of Chaos were always here. They they just they before the and and other people's battle tomes lend credence to various myths of your battle tome, which is really cool. But like but old 40k was like, here's a timeline. This happened and then this happened and then this happened, and you're like they gave you more room for scrutiny when they retcon things, whereas Age of Sigmar just says, like, oh, Age of Myth. It's called the Age of Myth. You can put whatever you want in a myth and have right. conflicting myths. We do this all the time with, with modern mythology. Well, I, I mean, mean comic at, books are modern mythology, for crying out loud. They're constantly retconned. Right. I mean, you, 
I mean, look, you, look how often yeah. it, when you bring up, I mean, all the, not just the Stormcast Eternal books, but Sigmar shows up in so many books. And mm-hmm. uh, for all of his uh, flaws, I mean, his allies still like him. They're like, he can be ruthless, but he's, he's doing the, he's doing, he's fighting the good fight. He's, he's on the right track. Every time you pick up a death book. It's that the betrayer, the 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 duplicitous. Yes. Because yes. And, and the, the best part is, is I'm reading this. Is Nagash does exact. In fact, I've got it. We're going to get to it in a few minutes. Um, there's a part where he starts calling him the, the you know every dark secret the God King had was revealed, and that shows him more of his duplicity. And I have here in my notes, hypocrite literally does the same thing one page earlier. Like Nagash does, n- I mean, he never blames himself. Well, but then you read this. But when you read Sigmar's book, it's like, oh, look, Nagash totally screwed us over. It's like, well, you were. Well, it, it's it's interesting because if you're an Age of Sigmar player, and I think this is this is this is one of the reasons that Age of Sigmar is so resonant for so many players. So if you read the, if you read uh, like old Warhammer, like for instance, Malarian or Malakith, then becoming Malarian was like a huge point of contention for people because it was like. How is he the Phoenix King? Rabble, rabble, rabble. And they're like, no, no, no. It says right here, he's the Phoenix King. Right? If you read Age of Sigmar, whatever book you read first is probably going to be where you kind of like the lore you kind of take as. as. If you like Sigmar, it's probably going to happen if you read order books kind of first. Right. And like they – I shouldn't say read first. The first thing that resonates with you is going to be like the thing that informs your like bias. And there's nothing wrong with that in the game. It's, it's, it's beautiful. That's part of the joy of Age of Sigmar. You can be super passionate because they throw out these threads in all their tomes. And whichever one like re- you pick up, that's your thread now. Like That's the one you carry through the game. And so like I am very much the like, Sigmar is the soul thief. Like He, he, <laughs> he woke up Nagash. Nagash is like, oh, yo, dude, what's uh, you know, what's Woke him up. He saved him. Here. He <laughs> saved him. Come on now. Come on now. Uh, I'm going to play oh, devil's yeah, advocate. Dude, you want to establish civilization and you need to build stuff? Oh, yeah, sure, dude. I'll help you build stuff. But, like, uh, hey, as per our agreement here, uh, read the fine print. Uh, I'm going to be the Lord of Souls, and I, all sh- Shyish is my domain. And I'll work with you, dude. And, like, just like oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, like, totally, totally soul uh, thiefing, Sigmar, Yeah. Sigmar's just like, oh, yeah, dude, yeah. Oh, yeah, Shyish is yours. Oh, yeah, you're, you're going to control the flow of souls. Like, that's your, your jam. Uh, get all your undead together. Let's go build some stuff. Let's build some civilization. And basically the cities of Sigmar, or like civilization, is like 50-50 built by undead and dwarves. Dwarden. <laughs> yeah. And like, it's, it, like, which is kind of the most metal thing ever automatically. Like, <laughs> right? Like, you just, oh, well, we, like, when we covered Legions of Nagash, the, just the, the, everything that happened in the, that brought about the Necroquake and the Soul Wars, the insane long – it's why I love him so much. He is not like any – Nagash is not like any other character in this game, except maybe, like you said, Zinch. But even Zinch, the, the, like Zinch screws himself over a lot. Well, Nagash okay. doesn't so much screw himself over as, as things mess him up. Well, I, that's 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 why I like Nagash versus Zinch. Yep, because exactly. I, could, I could go either way. And and what it is is ultimately Nagash is haunted by his humanity, which is he is haunted, and I use the term haunted. Very punnily, like I'm doing it on purpose. He is haunted by his humanity. The reason Nagash screws up is because despite now being immortal, death isn't a consequence for Nagash. This is something I have to tell people constantly when they're like, oh, he was reduced man and he to died. A sing- he was reduced to like a little single bit of ash, and he still came back. Yeah, he's Wolverine. He d- 
doesn't give a crap. Death yeah. is not a consequence. So now you have to think about somebody who's who death is not a consequence to. Death is inevitable. It's part of the process. It's the way it goes. He he doesn't think of dying as like a drive or or a deterrent. So like if you read where like where like Archeon comes back and like he he smites like Nagash. If you read it, Nagash is like incited by Sigmar's betrayal. And he basically doesn't give a crap if he dies or not. Because his long con be- is and will always kind of be screwing Sigmar in the end. Oh, and like Archeon so is a means to defeating Sigmar. Oh yeah. Like he so he doesn't care if like if Archeon smites him. But because he, what like happens said, when Archeon he was the- when he was stuck under the mountain, it galled yeah. him first of all that he was stuck. I mean, you know this. You know that it galled him to be stuck there. It 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 hurt him even more mentally and psychologically to have to be saved and be saved by Sigmar. Once that happened, it was like I got to kill you. I can't have somebody no. saved me. Now I no, think I, I think back to the beginning. He planned on he planned on betraying Sigmar right from the beginning. Like Sigmar maybe. helped him, but he's always been aloof. He I mean, if you even read this stuff from Legion of the Gash book, when you talk about the Age of Myth, he got brought in there and he's like, Ugh, I gotta work with these people who are all beneath me. None of them they're all gods, his, but none of his them human arrogance. Are, his yeah. human his human arrogance, his uh, hubris. I just call it very poignant poignantly hubris. Do you ever Nagash read those is possessed by books? overconfidence and hubris. Yep. It, it, he's a very very much a Greek god in this sense. Oh, yeah. Where like Greek gods are like human traits exaggerated to like the longest extent right mm-hmm. um you know zeus slash thor would be would be like zeus thor odin is basically without like the the master tactician and mastery of magic would be sigmar okay um, hades is very much nagash right down to like the poetic tortures of souls oh right oh yeah All like the if different- it's dante's inferno and hades like that's the gosh. And there's there's like – they don't really deviate from these big, grand human themes in Age of Sigmar, which I think is what makes it so brilliant. Like the chaos gods are essentially primal human emotions. Right. Sonified. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's – this is and, – and so the great – the conflict of Age of Sigmar, more so than the world that was, more so than Old Hammer, is, is hum, the human – like the worst and best parts of humanity – clashing together on the table and like we roll dice and we have fun and we drink beer and we have we sing musicals but like the core thread of what is going on in age of sigmar is is what features of humanity are smashed and we're all and, and i mean the an- ultimate answer is like you kind of need all things in degrees which is why they will always war because there's no harmony and no one's figured out how to like reconcile all these things that agreed. are agreed Right, like that's but, it's, it's, but like everything we've been talking about is right here at the very end of page nine. It literally says, uh, "Osiarchs are not without emotion, nor are they devoid of human failings. For despite all his drive and godly power, even Nagash was once a living, breathing man. He can never fully escape the foibles and drives of the humanity he believes he has left behind. In truth, he is ruled by hatred as much as cold ambition. This is important because, uh, and like you no, said." No, no. But every okay, as we said, each of these books is propaganda. So one of the things I like is like when they praise themselves and say how great they are, you always take it with a grain of salt. When it points out their weaknesses in their own book, those are the things you kind of take and go like, okay, that's not somebody who hates them talking about it. This is this is coming from the actual source. 
Well, I, I think that that uh, the Ossiarch Bone Reaper book differs from some of the other Age, Age of Sigmar battle tomes in, in a couple ways. Um, and, and the Ossiarch Bone Reaper's book, for instance, like foreshadows Slaves to Darkness coming out. Right. Which is something that, that isn't common amongst all the books. It essentially like says the next book is going to be Slaves to Darkness. Well, you get you some of those in the other books. If you read the little well, – they used to do the space timelines. Now they're back to just the regular histories. If you read that and you see all the, the, the big – the like the bigger events, they'll drop things. Like there's I've got something marked in here where they keep talking about the chaos worshipping Dwarden and their battle engines. So it's like, wait a minute, those aren't Yeah. Those aren't well, Fire Slayers and those aren't the, the and those aren't uh those aren't uh what do you call them? The the clockwork guys. Why am I blanking on their names? Uh Karadron Overlords? That's it. Thank you. Um, the, it's not the overlords. These are dwar- I'm, I'm like chaos dwarves. I'd like to see some chaos dwarves. But they drop little stuff like this all the time in these books, and it's one of the things I love is to sit there and look for look for little hints of stuff that they're talking about that they, that's not out yet. Right, right. Now, I, I think some of that is is the standard writing technique where you always leave yourself threads to pick up if you want to later. Uh-huh. Uh, because you you just do that as a writer. I mean, to be continued, right? Like you're right. gonna always you're gonna leave as many to be continueds as possible, so that if you want to come back to it, you look super clever, like ah, foreshadowing. And then, like, <laughs> really, in in truth, you're just like, oh man, uh, I wrote that throwaway sentence. But like, if we come back to it, cool. If not, hey, hey, the like, entire Horus Heresy was from a throwaway little little side box sentence in Second Edition uh, 40k. So. That's pretty metal. Like I think that's awesome. I, I love the, the long slow birds, and that that's what Nagash is. Is he's that's what Osiric Bone Reapers are. Is they're they're Nagash's like sort of personified ambition, and I think that's what makes them the Death Army the, <laughs> in Aegis Sigmar. The AOSE because like Ko are very are both Fire Slayers and Ko are very AOSE versions of what you understand dwarves to be. Right. Um. When we were playing, Night Haunt know, is I, just the ghost side of yeah, the old. It's like it's. It feels like tying a loose end, not making something new and impressive. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh no, no, I, I agree. I mean, that, you bring the hex wraiths over. Anything that was you bring the all the ghost stuff in the Nagash armies now have their own army, and yeah, add, add more to it, obviously, to make it a full army. But that's it, that works. This is something completely new. I mean, this this is the army made by Nagash for Nagash in the Age of Sigmar, and the Night Haunt was like, well, we gotta we gotta have ghosts fully realized, and I look forward to what happens to Night Haunt in our second wave or third edition or whatever is down the line. I truly do. Olander is a great new, brand new character. That's fantastic. I love the story, like the whole pivotal points throughout, um, like essentially the Soul Wars. Like she shows up and she just punks the like the Celestid Prime. Yeah. Like it's amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like 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 she is not to be trifled with. It's a, like it's awesome. It's so like I'm like I'm like uh, you it's a little bit of the Alarial effect where you're like on the table, eh, but like in 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 the lore, you're like, "Oh, Olander is is the real deal." And so like I want to see I want to see the characters made for Age of Sigmar in their like they had to establish them, they had to get us behind them first. I can't wait for like third edition Age of Sigmar. What if you you mentioned like the 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 chaos marked dwarves? What if it is slayers and they have a heel turn and they go to chaos in like third edition? Oh, that would be crazy. Wouldn't it be awesome though to have a progression of the narrative where like you know we end up with like 
Aberash is a pretty established uh, vampire from the old world. Aberash shows back up with like Dompiers, essentially, like ha- half vampires, yeah, uh, with all the Bretonians that that he absconded with through a portal, and they're Order vampires. Like Age of Sigmar is the place to do all this awesome, over the top stuff. And, it, and it's what makes this show- game so much fun. Perfect. Yeah, perfectly stated. Yes. So here, let's do this because we're going to have to take a break soon. Let's talk about the Necropolises really quick because we're like on page 10 of 47. And we need to, <laughs> and even though we're not going page by page, we still got to get this wrapped up in the next couple hours. Um, fair enough, fair enough. The Necropolises. Now, this is, this is where they start going, okay, so they come down and they're like, all right. Now, I like this. The fortifications and cities are built according to a set of designs of, obtained in the Principia Necro, uh, Necrotopia. So they got another book written by Nagash on how to do all this stuff. This guy writes more than Gilliman does. Um, he puts Which all this. Is why th- he's awesome because I'm a writer. Yet yeah. another reason Nagash is best. No, because uh, he puts all this stuff down. So it's like this can be followed later. This is down for posterity. And plus, he's a bit of an egomaniac. He wants everybody to know all the stuff that he wrote, all the stuff that he put together. <laughs> the nine books of Nagash. Right. He's like, I invented immortality, and you're going to know about it for not just one world. All of the worlds. Like, the world that blew up, you're going to know about immortality back there. And then in this new world, you're going to know about it. Like, he's just... Yeah. So, first, you make a... You make a... You know, you go and you you put a little... uh, uh, At the tithe site. They put... First, they put down... A little obelisk, you know, like, and that's the thing I think from the the, the the terrain piece you guys have. Yeah, that's the bone tithe nexus essentially. Right, is like, which is cool because you're 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 blending your narrative with your with your with your rules and your table play. Right. The more often you can do that in gaming, the better. And it's a, okay, we show up. We're gonna have the stuff come here, and then they boom, and they they put that down, and it looks like just a place to turn up. What you don't realize is that's the start of a new necropolis right there. Then they're going to have little fortifications around there to hold that land because they don't want people messing with it. Then they start creating the workshops so they can start. Well, and, Go ahead. And they and they they don't necessarily. What's cool about it is because they are undead and time is is pseudo meaningless to them. Like that that tithe could it could be a hundred years before they come back to that site. But when they do, you better be ready. Yeah. Right. You better have the tithe. Yeah, because when you read you this at first, it sounds like they come back almost every year. And how do, can you keep? And it, you know, it, it talks about it here how they have trouble keeping up with the tithe. But it's like you'd think they'd want to leave you for as long as you can, so you can continue with the tithe as long as they can milk it. Because once again, if they just wipe everything out, they can't build. Well, your your cows, right? Like you right. made the analogy earlier. Like you, they, you want the milk every morning, not to like just the beef once, right? And so this is what they're going through, right? So then they've got the Mortison workshops, which go deep underground, so you don't know exactly how much they're building. Uh, and then all of a sudden they're building um, strongholds and weapon foundries, and suddenly you've got gatehouses, and now the necropolis stops building outward because you've built a wall around this particular city, and now it just builds upward, and it builds in its ornateness. There. They're being an RTS. It's awesome. Uh, exactly. <laughs> like, it's, it's awesome. Come on. I can't not love this army. Like, I, it'll be like three years. I could see three years of the future. Like, some points adjustments have occurred. New armies have come out. Um, and, like, I'm still going to be this thoroughly excited about how 
awesome I think they are because they're so well, I mean they're just doesn't hurt that it's a death army because you and I are both certified death army players for a long time that's right that's right um you know, no, it's it's. I mean, it, like you said, it's so exciting to watch, and that's when it comes in here for all their terrifying appearances. They're places of culture and learning. They have libraries with shelves with organized scrolls wrapped around femurs next to callig- call, uh, uh, calligraphy tomes made out of human skin, and they make those uh, stork-like creatures of fluted bone known as bibliopomps. They've got the they they created. Librarians made to to be able to fly around to all parts of the library and get what's needed. It's it's so twisted and macabre, but like it it like it, it's so cool. <laughs> like, it is. You know, like like this this is like death with culture and like what that would like. You you have to know the. It, I want to just be a fly on the wall in a GW like planning room. Just once in my life, I will. I will sign all of the NDAs. I'll give them my thirdborn child, like whatever <laughs> it takes, to just be in that room and just listen to somebody riff. Because you know they were like, "Yeah, but what would death be like if they had culture?" And then just, huh? And like they just had to sit there and think about it. And like, well, yeah, they, like what? Well, do they read? Well, yeah, they read. Of course they read. Well, then they have a library. Yeah, but like. Totally every book in there would be written on human skin because the Necronomicon. Woo! And like just you could what just I'm imagine about is what got thrown out as too over the top. Because, you know, <laughs> when this is what they came up with, you know, it's somebody with some point. OK, dial it back, Phil. <laughs> or, I'm not, I'm not, okay, I just I, I threw out a random name. I yeah, always no. use Phil because I work with a guy named Phil, and I don't I don't mean Phil Kelly. I'm just I'm just, you know dial it back, Steve or whoever. Yeah, because Kevin, you know, Kevin, yeah. hey, no, no, like Kevin, go go. I want you to take your swivelly chair, you spin around and face the corner. No yeah. more ideas from you today. Like that's what I want to know. They, they what got thrown out? Goblin, they let the dad goblin on the Gothazar harvester through. What did they throw out? Right, right. <laughs> um. No, I, I like I, I just it, it's actually like there's a really cohesive, interesting story here. You're you're taking this very like uh, like logically through the book's progression. I think about it chronologically, right? Like how Nagash did this, and he kept this army secret for a long time. And yeah, you said that he was going to betray. Like he kind of he knew he was going to betray Sigmar. I would say he was looking for an excuse, but oh, sure. like it wasn't that he was going. Like it, he didn't wake up and go, "I'm going to betray this guy." He's just like, oh, that mofo, like, one okay. day, I swear. Did you ever – uh, I'm a big fan of the Ender's Game book series. Uh, Orson Scott Card. Right. Yeah. And uh, they put out the whole series with Bean, the the Shadow series. And if you ever read that, uh, he meets this kid named Ashiel. Uh They pronounce it Ashiel in the books because he, he was French, but it's spelled like Achilles, right? Mm-hmm. This kid was a sociopath. And anybody who ever saw him in a moment of weakness or anybody who ever had to help him because he was in a position of weakness beyond them, he couldn't deal with that mentally, that somebody had seen him so weak, and he would plot and kill these people. I see. I don't. I don't read that. I don't read Nagash that way. I do. I think, think he's got a bit of that. Like the maybe, I think it maybe. calls him that he was. Dude, he was stuck. Right. And somebody had to get him out. You don't want ever. You know, you know what? Because I got you out, man. I helped you. I You would have been stuck there forever had I not done this for you. Come on. You know that Nagash cannot, cannot 
handle well, that. You know that will not no, stand fine, in fine, his mind. But I don't think that's the drive. I don't think I, I don't think it's the only drive. But I think right from the beginning, he's like, ugh, uh, I gotta, ugh. Sure, sure. I think it was a nagging ugh, right? Like just like this is the guy that sprung me. And it's you know, and, and that, that, but that grows. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah, that. Yes, that's that itch does, that becomes a scratch that you scratch until it's yeah, bleeding. Yeah. But there's there's a story where where like uh, it's actually from the Sigmar perspective, uh, uh, not Balthazar Gelt, right? Uh, this, it's, <laughs> right. It's totally not Balthazar Gelt is talking to like Sigmar, and he's like, "Oh yeah, we were friends once," and like I love to believe that's the truth of like the Age of Myth. Sigmar and Nagash were probably Vegeta and Goku, like late late stage Vegeta they, and Goku. They could have been. They could like, have been. I, really, I mean, truly. I, I, I will Believe. concede that point, or at least at least they he acted that way. Who knows what Nagash is thinking? You know, I mean, the whole well, time. No, like, but it's Vegeta. It's totally Vegeta Goku. Vegeta's becomes Goku's friend, kind of reluctantly because he's just like, I'm going to beat this guy one day, right? Yeah, uh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, but like they get a real friendship at some point in time. Yeah, I never. But heard now, of, if, like, I never heard of Dragon Ball Z, so or to use yeah, I never thing. heard of it. The What's same Dragon way I've Ball heard Z? About so. 40k, right? What's your audience at? That's what your audience okay, has. So, so, so like, so like, what it is is like, but they get a real friendship and camaraderie over the course of time. Even though Vegeta's core is like, I'm going to get this guy someday. So, I, I choose to believe that 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 I think it was in the Soul Wars. I choose to believe that story that they really were friends in the Age of Myth, because I think it, it like the writers at GW right now do kind of want to jettison the old world biases from this. Oh, it's well, like, like it, a, doesn't it? it were, like they literally painted it. They said. Old canvas gone, new canvas. I they did that for real, and they bring back in like cameos from old characters to go see how cool the old character you loved is. But but even the and characters most of that, them that survived basically survived because they became gods. And the, yes, and the wind. It's it's all based on the, essentially the winds of magic, right? Uh-huh. Like whichever god was hanging onto a wind of magic when they when they got got. Before, yeah, before and, the, and they the retained themselves. I mean, obviously, uh, if you remember from the end from the end times, as those warp gates opened, there were entire civilizations that fell through and came out on the other side intact. But how many millennia ago was that? Like, it, they've still yeah. all all of the actual races have evolved from the old, the world that was stuff. But the ones who remained themselves, for the most part. With the exception of Gotrek, who was basically stuck in a in a in a in that in that oh, portal, he was murdering hell forever. Yeah, which he is was a just, really metal backstory. Yeah, he was standing <laughs> at the gate of hell, trying to keep everything from falling out of it for who knows how long, and then he just, <laughs> just falls like, out into the realm of Sigmar. He's like, oh, how did he come back? I'm like, no, that is the no, greatest. He, that is why Gotrek is so slayer. He's he's the Doom Slayer from from Doom. He's Doom guy. He's just. Yeah. Killing hell forever until he shows up on the mortal realms. It's also like I I might be a death homer, but I got nothing but mad love for Gotrick. You have to I, all of a sudden, and how angry he is at all the gods. I mean, he's literally in the well, last yeah, book. They, he's like, I'm gonna kill, I'm gonna kill Bonehead, as he calls the guys, <laughs> and then I'm going after the Thunder Dunce. It's like, oh, <laughs> Gotrick, you are well, you are my kind of dwarf. There, there's a huge there's there is a correctness to him though. We talked about like this is Greek mythology. It's like gods are very human and and taken to the umpteenth degree because they have no moderation on whatever qualities they are. Right. Um, Godric is like kind of the uh, Godric's like almost the most human element of this whole plot. 
Oh, yeah. If you talk about named characters, because there's other characters that are certainly like human in terms of like new icon iconography. No, or he's just icon. like I'm sick of the gods playing well, with well, us. Gods being petty and lame. Yeah. Like let humanity or dwarf manity or whatever like actually be in control of their own fates and 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 punk off. Yeah, like Grimnir's stop. a liar. And I've got this thing in me, and he's not taking me. He used me once. I'm not getting used again. He has personal experience with being used and lied yeah. to by gods. Yeah, no, I, 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 I love Gotrick. I will, I will always. His model is great. His uh, rules are great. His points cost is like really hilarious. It's like this is what a 500 point model should look like. And that's, he, he's the he's the Terminator. Like it's they did their ridiculous what they. I mean, and I know people are like, oh, he's he's so unbalanced. He's so unbal- you're, no. uh, for a quarter of your army, and he, and you know what? I love when the rules and the lore match up. And well, if, he, that's, he, he does. His if, rules match his lore perfectly. If, right. If someone was going to stand at the hell mouth and just kill demons forever, look at that war scroll. What demon wants to fight him one-on-one? Exactly. And what demon horde wants to pile into him? It's it's great. It's awesome. I, like even Nagash, like I will chaff Gotrick forever with my, to never get him to my eight hundred eighty point model. Like nope, not gonna deal with that. Because I got a feeling, unless yeah, because you can't add any. You can't. I add can't any, hand just, to dust him. No, Archeon can't Slayer of Kings him. Like he's just gonna smash you. Yeah, it's great. But like, but then he's got like a, a very obvious drawback. He's always just kind of moving, moving his basic movement which is perfectly fine it because says on turn three <laughs> right when it's well, like great at long distances but terrible sprinters like yeah. come on come on dangerous <laughs> over long distances <laughs> like like uh, like it's great it's great yeah. like I, I i i ah sorry tangent you edit this out right no nah, we're gonna keep this going hey dude i don't care hey, look you're you obviously are passionate about this army like i am and I think it's great, man. But we are going to take a break because we've been going on about an hour. So let's take a break. And when we come back, um, when we come back, let's talk about uh, some of the let's talk about the history of uh, uh, Catacros and uh, a little bit of the space timeline a bit and then start getting into the different units and legions and things like that, because there's a lot of cool stuff here. OK, right, folks, cool, man. we will be back. Grognards. That's right, friends. Grognard Games in Roselle, Illinois, and at grognardgames.com. They are now open daily from 12 to 7 for your gaming pleasure. Now, if you want, you can go into the store, find what you need. Not comfortable going into the store, even with a mask on? Call them up for curbside pickup. Or order online at grognardgames.com. They've got what you need. They've got Warhammer. They've got Dungeons and Dragons. They've got Marvel Crisis Protocol. They've got Battletech. They've got a huge pre-owned section. And you can find it on grognardgames.com or in the store. Now, you can't play in the store right now. Still got to have social distancing protocols. And if I got to stay more than six feet away from you, probably can't play a game of Magic. Probably going to be pretty difficult to play a game of Warhammer either. But you can still get all your hobby needs met 
at Grognards. Because as the world starts to reopen and your hobbying starts to take off again, you know you're going to need stuff. And you can find it at Grognards. And why? You know why. Because there's always something happening at Grognards. And we are back. We are back. Back with the Bone Reapers. Me, Mephisto, Bone Reapers. What, what, what else? You what? What do you want? You want more than that? I don't know what I got. I, I don't know. What, I don't. I don't know what you got. <laughs> I got nothing for you, but yeah. I got a lot of it. All right. If you if you came if you came for the hot sick Bone Reaper action, you come to the place. <laughs> the hot sick Bone Reaper hot, action. Sick. Normally, you have to pay for this kind of Bone Bone Reaper action. Exactly. All right, so, um, okay, I just want to touch base really quickly is that, and here's the point where we're going where I all the way back here. Uh, when they talk about Nagash and all of the things he was doing, long ago, during the Age of Myth, even as he feigned allegiance to the God King, he had begun the construction of a grand army of immortal, utterly loyal soul constructs. He named these elite warriors Asiarch Bone Reapers and intended them to be the Iron Fist that would crush all who opposed him. He built them in the land of myth. They stayed underground. He never brought them out during the time of chaos, the age of chaos. He kept them away. And he, then, he really, really wanted to, but he, he didn't because they were missing their leader, which we'll get to a little bit later with the, with Catacross and how pivotal Catacross is to the Ossiarch Bone oh, Reapers yeah. in the Ossian Empire. But you got to remember, we, we mentioned earlier, is that the cities of Sigmar were essentially built half by dwarves, half by Nagash. So while he's got his his mindless standard sort of undead, lifting stuff and moving things with like the dwarves drawing schematics and stuff, uh, he's building under tunnels and he's stashing these like Ossiarc Bone Reapers because he's already into his plan to make these guys in the Age of Myth. Yeah. And so in the Age of Myth is also when all the, the like a lot of the big stuff is happening. He's essentially Nagash is already like on like project Project Bone Daddies is already go. He's already greenlit the project at this point. This is before this. This is, importantly, this is before Sigmar has his idea for totally unique. Do not steal Stormcast Eternals. <laughs> it's amazing how the two of these guys really do come up with a lot of the same ideas. Well, they, they're both human. So, uh, Camry. It's, by the way, it was Camry. I think I said... Camry, uh, that's right. Yeah. Nahakar earlier, so please don't... That was where uh, uh, my lived. That's where... Uh, yeah, that's where... Uh, Neferata lived. Neferata is. Uh, but it's Camry is, is where uh, right. Nagash is from, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so like, you gotta keep in mind, like, Nagash pseudo, as I recall, predates Sigmar. Oh, he does. And so, he is like a... He is like the, the Nega... So when you play, like, Link... Remember, it was in like the, Zelda the, games. It was the second time Nagash got killed was by Sigmar when Sigmar, but Sigmar hadn't descended to godhood yet. And so he, was like, he was still just a king. He predates, king. yeah, he predates him by thousands of years. Yeah, yeah. So like, what it is is like you have like essentially like the the pseudo best of mankind and the pseudo worst of mankind butting heads is the old one of the old world stories amid a bunch of other stuff going on. I don't think they have like as direct a storyline. 
as as Sigmar kind of does because no, like I said, that's a really like, cool concept because you've got this guy who's trying to all preserve humanity. Yeah, he's trying to preserve yeah. all of humanity and all of life, and you've got a guy who's just trying to just destroy it all and make the, it this other thing. And yeah. they both. And then the you add in nihilism, goal. which is essentially Archeon. Like Archeon is essentially like nihilism and into the whole mix. It's it's fantastic. Yeah. Like the Age of Sigmar story is really. It's it's a lot more robust than people give it credit for, uh, because like when you talk about oh well, but the world that was is all these books and all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, because it existed for 25 years. Like, give AOS some time. But the the core next premise we're hitting five dealing. years and think about the amount of books that have come. Oh, and think it's about so the amount of books that have come. Rich out in just already. Five years. Exactly. Five years. It's so rich, and you're dealing with this clash of the titans epic level story with these point counterpoints you and you can really again pick your thread that you grab onto and you get into this like i'm into the story of best of man versus worst of man that's why i love nagash and sigmar as the foil to to nagash because i never you know, thought I, I, about it that way really that's really pretty interesting to look at they're and, both they they both have the same end goal and i mean because even it says in here yeah, they're both old, chaos, they're chaos will be sword. chaos will be banished from the realms and and there will be peace. Yeah, that's that's what Nagash Nagash. Uh, that that's it. It's those two. And then you have like destruction is essentially the elements. And I mean, destruction is Jaws, right? Yeah. Like that's what destruction is. It's like it's saying, uh, uh-uh. uh. Like you have. I know you might want to say uh, like Sylvaneth, uh, but put a pin on that because Sylvaneth is just way too complicated. Go listen to like Warhammer Weekly for some of that stuff. Uh-huh. But like, um, but you like. The destruction is like natural destruction. It is. It is a force. It is a. They are chaotic. Is, they are not they, like, chaos. They're act, like they're not chaos. They're almost true. Like and they're almost like true entropy, right? Like like cosmic entropy is what destruction really is. Is like a tornado is just going to show up and wreck your house, and it doesn't care about good or evil or or humanity. It's just going to wreck your house. Or it's, it's like uh, in the Martian. Space doesn't care. Like, or yeah. you know, it, it, there there's rules and there's science and all this stuff, but it really doesn't care. It's just yeah. this is what this is the way things happen, and that's that's destruction. And and so like destruction is just really cool because um, it's like the great equalizer to this like very human story that's going on to remind you that no matter how much pomp and moxie you got, sometimes a tornado can just drop on your house. <laughs> Like, because even so, when you've almost succeeded, some orc is going to come by and headbutt yeah, you. Yeah, that like and it just, is the asteroid that killed the dinosaurs. Like it's just going to happen. Prepare thyself. Like, yep. <laughs> like um, and then chaos is essentially, in a weird way, if you talk about Archeon specifically, Archeon is like essentially like nihilism. Is is just like screw all this. Like you know. Which is weird because destroy, the chaos yeah. gods. Everything can be destroyed. Everything can get laid to waste. It doesn't yep. matter. And honestly, yep. and, and I owe I owe nobody anything. Yeah, and and screw what you heard. Screw what you believe. Like right, like that's kind of chaos. And it's it's it, there's also that sort of giving into those baser emotions element of like not trying to have structure, not trying to like move against the inevitable inevitability of base basic human nature. Like, so, so, like, you have this, like, really, that's why Age of Sigmar is great. Sorry. Um, <laughs> like, this stuff is great. <laughs> um, and, and we go back to that Age of Myth. Uh, Nagash is already Nagashing. <laughs> I'm yep. sorry. Uh, 
it's Rantcast. I'm Mephisto, so I have to say him as Nagash from this point going forward. That's but fine. It, yeah, Nagash is already Nagashing. Like, okay. He's already doing the stuff. Uh, he's building these subterranean tunnels and these undercities uh, underneath all of like the awesome civilization that was helping Sigmar establish things. The plan, it's really important to know when you know about Ossiac Bone Reapers that Nagash already had this stuff planned. And you could call it a retcon, but it's not as bad as the Demigriff because they left themselves a lot of wiggle room when they wrote Age of Sigmar. They can have all like all of these different myths. Well, look at Soul Wars. I mean, all the storm vaults. Well, where was yes, that in the beginning? Well, oh, you didn't know about that because he did that well, in the makes, Age of Myth. But it makes sense. It makes oh, sense yeah. because you're, it's coming from the perspective of a narrator who's beginning to understand the world. Mm-hmm. Someone that is exploring and discovering. Every battle tome is essentially coming from the, the perspective of somebody who is currently trying to figure out the world. And, and like, you know kind of what happened – and, and, like, you hear about a golden age and, like, you know about this, but then chaos showed up and everything got bad. Blah, blah, blah. And there's like, well, yeah, but what happened in between, like, the big three bullet points? Oh, all of this stuff. Sweet. It just makes everything cooler. And so, like, Nagash had these Ossiarch Bone Reapers, uh, his dread works, right? Like, he had these great machinations because he always, always plays the long game. Right. I'm going to give a shout-out to my boys, the Mortal Realms, here because Nagash – uh, they said the two plans, three plans bit. If you've heard their uh, their their thing on Ossiarc Bone Reapers, uh, they said something along the lines of like Nagash, whilst he was doing all of this, we had the Malign Portents arc right in the Soul Wars, right. and he was building this Black Pyramid the whole time. And then whilst building the Black Pyramid, he was also getting the Ossiarc Bone Reapers ready. And there's actually allusions to the fact that he had Ossiarc Bone Reapers guarding the like. Uh, the skeleton, the regular basic skeletons who hadn't drank the super, the like the uh, super shredder serum from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles yet, uh, which is what us <laughs> are. Like they yeah, hadn't drank the serum. They're out yeah, there it, on the on the on the edges, keeping yeah. where chaos comes through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like they're out there like guarding and stuff like that to get them to bring these single grains of grave sand at a time to build this upside down pyramid. And the Osiric Bone Reapers exist at the same time. So Nagash has like these like two simultaneous like long con big picture plans going on. He must have some third plan, and I think that comes with the all points and the uh, the new uh, Wrath of the Ever Chosen book. Like you see that there's a he's got yet another machination in store, and I I love it so good. All right, all right, man, get us back on topic. You got to be the straight man now. All right, all right. All right. So I, I've got um, other now, okay, he, now so he's making these Bone Reapers, and in the book again, and like I said, I like to hit some of these parts because their descriptions are just so much better than I can really get it in here, but. Um, so he takes the souls and he puts them into these little soul trap gems. That uh, that's how you have to destroy these things. Is that these soul trap gems are I- inside their 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 forms inside the bones? They've got these soul trap gems. That's the spirit of great warriors that are broken up so the valuable parts can be reused and the rest discarded. Valor, skill, and knowledge were preserved. For Nagash desires only ruthless combat prowess and complete loyalty from his bone reapers. All else was callously disposed of, including emotions and memories that the soul once possessed. Literally just took what he wanted out of this soul, ripped it apart, threw away what he didn't need. Only by shattering such a gem could such a warrior be destroyed, but it's powerful necromantic magic, so good luck with that. And that's when he needed uh, he needed a leader, but the leader he was actually thinking about got killed by Sigmar, or so he thought. And that's when you talk about the Storm Vaults opening, and literally... 
This is like four paragraphs earlier. Nagaja's been building a secret army and planning a secret uh, black pyramid for, what, thousands of years, it seems like, almost? Yeah, yeah a few millennia. And then the the... The the necroquake happens because of course the Skaven screw up his plans. That by the way, the the the, the Skaven being the ones who always screw up his plans, I love it because these individual Skaven are just Because it's the only thing he can account for. There's because he's so long livid, he's so supremely intelligent and careful and plotting, like it's got to be the curveball that messes him up. And it's, it, but it's not just even that. It's like these guys, uh, Skaven, I mean, they're... They got his number. They're <laughs> they hordes, his... they're tiny, like an individual Skaven is nothing. I mean, I mean, you could say that in, in any of the game versions we've played. I mean, if you remember back, in, I mean, they were like two points apiece. They were no better than zo- a single zombie. They're just not impressive. In a horde, they can be great. And it's right. always the it's always the weakest, smallest, littlest thing that is so beneath his notice, even that constantly messes him up. Well, that's his hubris, his exactly. arrogance, right? Like he 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 just um, he doesn't think you're equal to him, and then like that's how you. It's a very human quality for him. He's sure. an ambitious individual who's super smart, and like I being, I think I'm relatively intelligent. Like I underestimate people too, <laughs> and like it it surprises me when I'm oh crap like. I thought you were a dummy and you're not and yada, yada, yada. And then like I now I have to like walk back this entire thing of, of like mistakes on my part thinking that I thought you weren't equal to me or something like that. Like arrogance is a huge flaw. Oh, yeah. And he's got it in spades. Oh, yeah. But he is God, God level arrogance. That is what <laughs> I got. Like God levels of arrogance. But then the storm vaults are re- revealed because the necroquake shorts out all the penumbral engines. Which, by the way, I, I still want to see what Teclas has to say about that because you know he's ticked that Sigmar took his gifts and twisted them into something different. Um, but then it says suddenly every dark secret the God King had sought to conceal was exposed. To Nagash, the revelation of the storm vaults was further proof of Sigmar's duplicity. His fury was further exacerbated. That's when he finds out that uh, Catacross is still that Sigmar didn't destroy him. He he locked him away, and that's how he gets him back. Now let's talk a little bit about Catacross because he's got a really interesting background. Not the not. I mean, granted, all we've got is two pages, so it's not the deepest of characters, but. but there's some I, I think stuff. it is. I think it is. I think it is. I, um, Catacross, I was on board with. with uh, sorry, I, I keep cutting you off. Finish your point, then I'll go into mine. No, okay, he's from Gur, which, okay, yes. so he's from cool. the land of beasts. So there's that raid, that, that monstrous stuff. Every realm has its own thing. Of course he's from I, Gur. I think this leads to the, like, he's from barbar- like some sort of barbaric or primal but he's also a hunter and a fighter, and that's right. I mean, that's and right. It, it's it's telling you how old Catacross is, and he's from Gur, and he's this like primal hunter thing, right? And he he essentially is like, uh, you know, like the um. He like realizes that it's not enough to just run in and smash. He's the tactician, the strategy of guy this, of this barbaric tribe, which is not ready for like battlefield tactics and the long game. Right. Which, you know, um, if you talk about leading a bunch of barbarians and sort of becoming their king and their leader and doing stuff, uh, you know, that, that's Sigmar's story. Right, right. And uh, that's, that's had, what's really important about Catacross is because I think Catacross is going back to I truly believe Nagash and Sigmar were friends once upon a time. 
And I think Catacross is is Sigmar's proxy. And Nagash doesn't even know it. That's okay. That's possible. I could see that. Now we're de- we're delving into the psyche of stuff that we we're never even going to get fiction books for from Black Library. But I can I can go along with I, that. I've submitted a few stories to Black Library, so maybe <laughs> they'll pick up my like weird bromance story about but so, like Sig- there you go and Catagross. But uh, so, no, I think Catagross is a proxy for for Sigmar in many ways for Nagash. Like he doesn't realize he's it. a little more flawed. I think he's got more of that. I mean, the the, the way he's he died was stupid. Tactician, but a worse fighter. Yeah, and I think that's important. Is like he's a way better tactician than than Sigmar because Sigmar is not a good tactician. Sigmar is the I will melee fight your entire army on the table god, and then he suddenly has to be the battlefield planner with like the ch- all the like the go pieces in front of him with the like little right. cool push him around. That's one of Sigmar's great flaws. Is he's like like dude, I will just duel everybody in your army. Although and, he's like, getting better at it because it seems yeah, he's got yes. plans. In fact, yes. talk about the long game. And this is where I don't think Sigmar gets the credit. We all sit here and say Nagash plays the long game and and he I, he is the master of the long game. I'm not even going to dispute that. But Sigmar is no slouch. I mean, here's a guy who every time something happens, I mean, there's four chambers we haven't opened yet. He's got a bunch, and it just seems, oh, the storm vault's open? Okay, yeah, I'm ready for that. Yeah, but how much is that Teclas and, like, and, and like uh, uh, Grimnir or whatever, like... But, it, well, okay, whatever. I, I, you, you don't have to be the best if you surround yourself with the right people. The point it's is, true. there's no, four it's, more it's chambers, and true. he seems to That's know what, what's coming. Like, he's got a yeah, long no, game no, plan, I, too. I agree with you. I, 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 I agree with you. Mostly, I like. I agree. I, 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 I disagree with how much it's him, but I do think he has surrounded himself. That was the whole pantheon thing in the Age of Myth. Is is he knew he wasn't the dude to do all of the stuff, so he got he delegated, and that was the smartest thing Sigmar did. But then, like the quibbles and the the squabbles of various gods trying to get on the same page. I mean, it sucks. Whereas, yeah. like, yes, like. It's really easy to be chaos because all you want to do is like, hey, baby, want to destroy all humans? Like, it's so much easier to do that than to like get on the same page and do something. This is this is humanity, everybody. Like, it's 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 brilliant. Um, so so Sigmar, um, I do think he's got like long term plans and so on and so forth. But I do think part of it's that that he was smart enough to delegate to other people because you have. Very, very bad leaders who don't know to delegate to intelligent people. Right. Now, Catacross is, is like is the genius with a blind spot. He doesn't delegate much. He delegates a little to Archon because a little bit to Catacross, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, let's put. It, I mean, he did say that he gave Archon the job of getting the pyramid built. Like the Archon was really. It was Nagash's plan, but he's like, "You, you, you work on this. I've got other things to do." Like, so he does delegate when he needs to. Yeah, and, but... and then and then this ties back into Ossiac Bone Reapers because he gifts Archon a, a legion of Ossiac Bone Reapers. The Null Myriad is Archon's gift for doing the Black Pyramid. Right, right. So Catacross gets killed because he rushes off without the and, rest of his army. Right. So he rookie rookie general mistake. Catacross uh, uh, is not. The fighty general. He is the general of of modern combat, which is actually um, we have the we as humans currently listening to this podcast have the um, the the gift of all of human history. Uh, there was a period in time where, like, if you weren't a general charging with your troops, you were looked down upon. 
mm-hmm. and you were viewed as cowardly and dishonorable. You and lead terrible. from the front. Right. You used to, there was a point in human history where you led from the front. Um, human history switched at one point where like the best generals led from the back. Uh, so Catacross had this conflict of like wanted to prove to all these like primal barbarians uh, that like he was as awesome and dope as them in martial combat as well. Uh, so he charges off ahead. He gets himself killed by a Gorgon. And then he winds up in the Underworlds, which is interesting because so- the Underworlds all have, like I said, every realm when you die – uh, you know your religion, whatever you believe in. There's a place for you in the underworld. Yeah, and there's so I, I two think, places for his where he lived, Asia. Yeah, so I, I take the um, I like the D and D ideals here, where like all of the underworlds are possible, um, and that's what Shyish is. Shyish is like all of the underworlds are possible, but there's a caveat where you need to like a certain must be this tall to ride with your religion to get like a little section of. If your religion your dies off, eventually those people fade away. It's it's yeah, almost like yeah. uh, oh, what was that, Coco? Where if you're not remembered, you fade away. Yeah, like so. I, I, I that's the take I take on it. Mm-hmm. But like they talk about like all the afterlifes exist in like in um in Shyish. So like there's a there's like a Shyish where it's just like people playing basketball the whole time yep. and like sick dunking on each other. And there's like the hedonistic like eating grapes and like partying. Well, and, and that's part of time. this is that Asia's got two places. Well, they got Asia the hard is workers. The heart Hard workers, right? So Asia is where the hard workers go. If you were diligent and you worked your butt off, you go to Asia. And then, right. like, oh, he was. They, the, oh, he was from. He was from the city. I'm sorry. He was the city of Fleisch. So there was two. Some Fleischians wound up in Asia, or whatever. Was and the other ones wound up in Necros. So the Fleischians, who were the hard workers and believed hard work and 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 sweat was how you lived your life, they wound up in Asia. Right. And the ones who believed that the afterlife is just paradise and you can just sit around and eat grapes, they wound up to the north of them in Necros. Right. Right. And so so uh and so like Catacrosh like lands in the hard work place. Of course and he does. Like and, and and I need to really truly iterate that whilst alive he devoted himself to combat and conquering in primal Gur. All hard okay? work, like, man. The, it needs to be stressed that in Primal Gur, this barbarian basically said, I am going to establish civilization and culture, and I'm going to do tactics, and I'm going to do all this stuff, like in Primal Gur in the Age of Myth. And he gets taken out by a Gorgon, which is actually kind of metal, but he did kill the Gorgon, by the way. It's just like, yes. Gorgon's going to get a death frenzy and kill you. So he, they killed each other, and he goes, and he, go, and he ends up in Asia, the afterlife. And he's just like hanging out in Asia, and like, let's uh, like continue our hard work, but like, I don't know, maybe we should just like take over the afterlife. Well, and that's the thing. So he's out there, and they're working, and they're 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 keeping their place. You know, uh, you know, defending their place from other realms, making sure their realm their realm is a very martial realm. And Nagash is like, "Nah, you're 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 well, going to be part of me." Hang on. So 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 this is simul- This is happening in 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 like sort of a simultaneous fashion. Nagash during the Age of Myth is currently conquering all of Shaiish. Right. Okay. So like he's he is. The first thing he does when he shows up, when he gets woken up by by Sigmar, is basically goes in and consumes all of the death gods and all of the realms. That's the first check one box. Like you look at his laundry list at the very very top of it, it's like eat all the death gods. 
That's yeah. the first thing Nagash does when he gets woken up from the freaking mountain. Well, it's, and it's uh, one of the things he did back in the old world, right before. The oh, he was already consuming the death wind, and then yeah, yeah. and he got the death wind. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's just like, oh, we're in a, like a new, uh, a new set of realms. Uh, better make sure there's no death gods here either. Yeah, nobody's going to compete with me. And after he does that, now he's conquering all of Shyish, and he's sending out all of Shyish. He's yep. sending his armies out, and this place won't fall. Right. Right, and, and so now he's mad, which is not right. a way to get Nagash. Right, so 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 like the uh, so so Catacros is in is in Asia basically, and uh, what is what's the the name of the other city? Uh, uh, Necros. N- no, Necros is the bad city, the one he's in, or not the bad city, the the hedonist city. Okay, he's in the hard work city, uh, which is Asia. Yeah, so he's right. in Asia, and he's just like, um, yeah, like let's just start conquering the other death realm. So, so this is happening simultaneously. Like mm-hmm. Nagash is essentially currently conquering all of Shayesh. Meanwhile, Catacros is like expanding the Ossian Empire. He's consumed Necros. Like, and there's an important other fact here is that the people, his tutors, in the uh, in the in, you know, he starts off. He didn't just walk in as a general in the afterworld. You know, no. he had to start over no. again. And yep. it says how his tutors recognize something repellent in some sort of a void in his soul, a lack of humanity that he filled with fanatical pursuit of excellence. They find it disturbing for it reminded them of hated Nagash. Mm. That's a, that, I got that marked here because that's a big deal. This is why after he starts conquering and doing all this stuff and Nagash comes, he just walks. He knows. I mean, he's not stupid well, either. No. Nagash no, shows no. up and he's like, oh, we're dead. It's super important to understand that Catacros is very, very smart. Yes. Catacros is the, the tactical genius. Her, that's a 40K meme. But <laughs> he, is a, the, he is the tactical genius. He is smart. He has pursued martial prowess and excellence and, and war. Is, he is a student of war. He is Sun Tzu. He is... He is uh, Miyamoto Musashi. He's written his own books and stuff like that. He's writing yeah, books he's, about his... Yeah, he's Musashi. Yeah. He, is, he is Sun Tzu, right? So then he and, sets a big parade. The guy shows up. The gate's open. He comes out, big parade, walks over there and says, all right, I tell you what. Job. <laughs> yep. And it says it speaks volumes to his reputation skill that Nagash not only listened to him but accepted the bargain. In exchange for eternal servitude, Hill leads Nagash's foremost armies until all the realms are consumed by death. Well, it's it's I like I love the Warhammer TV take on this, <laughs> where it's like, uh, where it's it's like, Catacros has like con- begun conquering. He's made the Ossian Empire. He's conquered all these like lame afterlives that don't want to work hard and be badasses. Uh-huh. Um, so he's like conquered them all, and Nagash is like currently conquering all of Shyesh, and there's just this like one pit this one spot that he hasn't conquered because like normally just sends out his surges of undeath undeath and ghosts and archon goes out and does stuff and he loses tens of thousands of troops he's like what is happening over there an entire month the ossian empire holds out and he just like he like he's sitting there he's like sipping tea and he's like reading the morning paper and like he sees in the morning paper Ossian Empire still not conquered and he just like turns his entire like his head and his gaze it is infinite and so he like looks over all of Shyish and he sees the Ossian Empire and like Catacross is just standing arms crossed like M Bison atop like a uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. space <laughs> 
And they just continue to just kill a bunch of ghouls and zombies and skeletons and, like, the gates aren't falling. And he's like, <sighs> and he just, like, he, he's, like, sitting he's there. Gotta like get a, up. He's got to put pants in. I got to put on pants and shoes. Yeah. Oh, he's so mad because he's been in a smoking jacket the whole time. Right. Just like, and he's just like, so Nagash personally has to go to Asia. That's bananas. And now he shows up and he's irritated. And, th- and this guy has the nerve. He's got the stones to walk out and, and be he, like, look. And he leads a parade to his doorstep. Right. And he's just like, hey, look. And I mean, just the fanfare. He's not coming out on bended knee. He's not coming out humble. He's like, hey, look, I'm the leader here. I'm the guy who's been holding everything off. Give me a job. I can work and, for you. I know. And I- Nagash, yeah. Yeah. Hands up his resume. And Nagash looks at his resume. I am a badass. Yeah. Period. I can do what I want. It's like Ron Swanson. Here's my permit. It says, uh, this just says I can do whatever I want. He's like, yes, it does. And he's like, I shall, I shall craft you a body befitting you type thing. Like, yeah. And like, yeah. Yeah. Nagash personally crafts Catacross's body, by the way. Like, this is important. That's that, it's a throwaway line, but I feel like it's important to the, like the relationship of Catacross and Nagash. When you understand that, like the uh, like the Os- the Osiric Bone Reapers were ready to march on the mortal realms a couple times, he's ready to pull them out and like have them go and fight like stuff. And he's like, no, 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 Catacross ain't here. Like Nagash sees a lot of himself in Catacross, and the story in the book kind of jumps around because it literally says. That, I mean, and this is how old Catacross was. The centuries that followed saw Nagash devise and create the Asiarc Bone Reapers. So everything we've been talking about in the Age of Myth, all of that happened after he hired Catacross yes. to be the leader of this army. Yeah, so 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 what's cool is, like, so Nagash hasn't conquered all of Shayish yet uh, in, in terms of, like, the timeline. As much as we're going to get... Close to a timeline, because I like that they keep things in broad strokes in Age of Sigmar lore. Mm-hmm. Um, he hasn't conquered all of Shayish yet. He conquers it once he gets recruits Catacross. Catacross becomes the general. He takes down is- dozens of different yeah. uh, underworlds while yeah. his army's being built, just with what Nagash normally has. Not even yeah. his Bone Reapers. He just took what Nagash normally has and said, and dozens of places, just bring it, okay, there's, this one's yours, yeah. this is yours, this is yours, yep. proving his worth. Yeah, so so like Nagash takes over Shayish eventually in the Age of Myth. Like he Nagash gets it all, by the way. Like he conquers the whole thing in the Age of Myth. He does it by way of Catacross. Because Catacross is the tactical genius her that he has been lacking. Archon <laughs> is a fantastically loyal magician like all of these things you kind of want from, like, sort of your master of sorcery and necromancy. And Neferata and Manfred can get the job done and they once all have they their, show up. But they're, they're constantly— Manfred is the, is the duplicitous, ambush, guerrilla tactics guy you kind of need when you need to fight dirty. And Neferata is the go and, like, kind of ruin you socially. Yeah. Right? But like, she takes them are, apart your society. And you but, can't trust them because especially Manfred is just so delusional. Oh, uh, yeah. Thinking, well, like, you know. I'm convinced Nagash keeps Manfred around just to, like, mess with him. Like, yeah. it's just, just, like, he loves, like, you thought you betrayed me at the end of the world. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Just, you, you talk about those exquisitely designed tortures of the undead. Keeping Manfred around and letting him think he's going to get away with all this. And just oh, constantly, 
noping him. Yeah, just, and constantly having his plans foiled, and he's like, ugh. That right there, that is that is some like the good place level, high level torture that he's oh, doing. He's to him. Just tro- like Nagash is a troll. He yeah. is a death god troll. And he's just trolling Manfred this whole time. But yeah, like Neferata is like the social thing. Like if I need to topple this empire via like courtship and etiquette and like nobility and undermine you through all that stuff, she's Vampire the Masquerade. Like oh, so yes, she is. She is absolutely she is a Camarilla. Like a yep. Ventru Camarilla. Yep. That's exa- and she's got a network of spies everywhere. Oh, yeah. But she's actually a mix of all of it because she's got her Nosferatu like level of. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Totally she's, great yeah, reference. She is. She is the Camarilla. Like in 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 perpetuity. Like uh, it's it's what I, I, I think. You could say Manfred is the Sabat. Manfred it would kind of be the Sabat. Yeah. Yeah. Kind yeah, of. That no, totally, that, that works. Yeah, that works. It's the it's the Sabat currently being trolled by the the person who's winning. Like, exactly. <laughs> um. Yeah. So like it's it's cool. And then like Archon's like the very much the necromancy aspect of everything. Like the necromancy, the classic. This is the classic death. That is that is who Archon is. He's the most loyal. Uh, I'm still waiting for like the the face turn or the betrayal of Archon down the line. Oh, I, I think don't think that's been, ever going to happen. If you read you know, those, eh. if you read that Nagash trilogy from back from those the stories of the old fine, world, fine, fine, fine. But then I would like Archon to be explored more. Oh, in it would be great. Realms. Like, yes. I want to know what Archon's doing in the mortal realms because I just get these like throwaway paragraphs. I'm like, I need to know if Nagash barely remembers the world that was. Why is Archon still loyal? You know, like, well, like in, I, I, in Soul Wars, when you read, even when he meets up with Manfred and Neferata and sends them away. And then he comes back to the guy. She's like, I-, "I don't know why they're not here. Like, what is happening there? What is going on?" There's- oh yeah, like, I can't wait. I-, I can't wait. But the point is, is like, Catacros is this like brutally loyal, like just just a notch down from Archon, essentially, because what he wants is the the opportunity to continue to kick ass and take names, right? And you might need to get your horn in there. Nah, like, that was okay. Just- Okay, he just wants to, like, he's just here to, like, conquer kingdoms and chew bubblegum, and he's all out of bubblegum. Exactly, and and don't forget, when he finally gets broken out by Neferata, which, that was in the Soul Wars book. That was the big thing. They were going to get something. I thought Olander... uh, I'm sorry, not Neferata, Olander. Yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah, yeah, Olander, she she kills, she dusts the Celestine Prime. Essentially, yeah, and she goes. Yeah, it's it's bananas what they do, but they get him out, and Nagash remakes him, gives him a new perfect body, but he also messes with his soul a little bit too, because he took the es- it says here he took the essence of Catacros and remade it, taking care to keep every nuance of hatred for Sigmar intact, including the knowledge of his war form, right down to each arc of the hammer swings that had seen Catacros's former incarnation undone. In a dark mirror of Sigmar's own reforging process, Catacros was born anew, invested with every iota of artifice Nagash could muster. So this is, I mean, it's like you said, he's almost the anti, you know, he's he's the Again, the, the uh, anti-Silicon Prime, almost. There's a, there's a, no, no, I think he's the anti-Sigmar specifically. Like, like, he there, could be, but Sigmar being a god, I just didn't want to get him up to that level. No, but. he's not god level. I, I'm right. thinking it's the narrative. Okay, not narrative. Like, well, yeah, he's a, he's an yeah because he and he hates him too. Sigmar's the only guy ever to beat him. Catacross? Yeah. 
Well, I mean, he lost to the Gorgon, but let's, I mean, as far as, you know. No, no, like, he's never lost the wars and the engagements he's attempted. This is super important, by the way, because with uh, with the uh, Wrath of the Everchosen, um, I hope, can we get into that a little bit later, maybe? Like, uh, if we have time, yes. Otherwise, we'll maybe just uh, touch into it in the, in the war segment. Okay, uh, okay, yeah. So, so like, Catacross is undefeated in terms of his engagements. Catacross, even when the Gorgon killed him, his tribe went on to conquer that section. Like, yes. It's important yeah. to know that he is he is not lost on the battlefield. I'd almost go as far as to say he knows that sometimes he needs to die to win. Like in in like a in a a a like a gambit, like like he knows like if you get your eyes tunnel visioned on defeating Catacros, then that's mm-hmm. going to overcommit your forces, and then he's just going to like play with that. Well, um, I mean, didn't Sigmar smash through and destroy all that stuff? When I mean, they don't describe much of the battle other than Sigmar was in well, a rage looking well, for Nagash, and they yeah, threw Catacros well, in the way who but he did he find Nagash. Oh, that's true. He slowed him down enough. So, okay, okay. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll give you that. I'll give you okay. that. Like, like so it's, he's basically like the Xanatos Gambit from the Gargoyle uh, TV <laughs> show, bro. like played out constantly. That's Catacross. It's like he's okay. just like this is the just as planned, the tactical genius. Her. That's Catacross. I, I need to. Uh, if you're on board now, you're still listening with how much you love Osiric Bone Reapers and how you're about to go buy their box right now. Oh, like, don't tempt me. <laughs> I'd have like, to sell all this other stuff to do that, and then I don't know if I want to paint another army. You just, you just yeah, but they're bones, dude. Just, just get that, just get that contrast paints in there. Oh, contrast paint is, is godlike. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. And uh, and you're only painting talent. like sixty models because Mortec Guard are like super expensive, but they're also kind of the way to play it. Right I now. already like, have a Nagash. Yeah, so that's half your army. That's 880 points of your army plus two endless spells. You're only just painting. I got you, man. You're you're going to come play this <laughs> army now. Um, like it's it, like, no. So it's important to know. Like he is the he is the tactical genius. So when he takes the defeat, Sigmar comes looking for Nagash. He's mad because Nagash of the Battle of Burning Skies. He basically gives the double guns, two middle fingers to the sky. Says, "No, you betrayed me." Uh, like, I'm not going to help you. I'm not going to help you. And, like, he comes and he finds Catacross instead, and just, just, they fight a little bit, but then just all the fury of of Sigmar, who is a god, and Catacross has not been a god. Catacross is a human well, and whatever died. And whatever and Nagash did to him... Death spirit or whatever. Whatever right? Nagash did to him, it literally says in this book that Galmaraz couldn't destroy him. There's a reason that Sigmar imprisoned him. Because even it says in here that... Uh, well, this is before this is before he's got his, like, sweet immortal body. Like, right. He, he gets... Essentially, there's, like... So Catacross is a human who dies in Gur. Comes down and he just starts conquering stuff for, for, for Nagash. And when he gets hit with Galmaraz, he's whatever ghosty, skeleton-y, whatever he is in the afterlife, the normal thing he's supposed to be. Yeah. And he gets whatever his afterlife visage is, probably like some like Spartan Roman. And, and, and yeah. Sigmar imprisons him because he's like, I can't and leave this thing running around. with Galmaraz. And like this should destroy anything. A fully powered up Sigmar with a direct on the jaw like smiting. From Galmaraz, he should be destroyed, but he's not. The soul is like flitting about and stuff, and 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 we get to kind of see Sigmar's 
uh, like messing with souls because he grabs his soul essentially, and rather than letting it go back to Shayish and back to Nagash, what's too dangerous? And he's yeah. pissed, yeah. Right, and he's mad, and he's like, and he just drops to his knees, and he looks at this guy, and he's like, because he's not in the temple, and he throws, <laughs> Khan! Kat- yeah, like Khan, like, and he throws, and he throws Catacross's soul under a, a a storm bolt in a lake, the the sweet like Lake of Mirrors or whatever it is, right? Like, and he's oh. just like, nope, gone, like, because I can't destroy it. Like Galmaraz didn't even destroy it. So like, what's cool about this is like. I don't think Nagash did anything to it. I just think that speaks to Catacross's agency and, like, will. Hmm, that's possible. And, and it's a cool counterpoint because the whole point of the Ossiarch Bone Reapers is that they get this modicum of will, right? Right. And then you have Nagash who's trying to snuff out will in the long run, right? True. So I think that there's a really cool sort of, like, triangle. I think this is an important point that you can't, uh, brush over, which is why I like brought us down this hole, is Catacross's will, his soul, is so powerful that Galmaraz doesn't destroy it, and he throws it under a Stormvolt instead. And Nagash is so unwilling to use the Ossiarch Bone Reapers because they don't have that will specifically to lead them. Got you. I see. That makes sense. All right. And, and, and so, so like, Ossiarch Bone Reapers, Ossiarch Bone Reapers, he doesn't have Archeon, uh, like Archon do it. He doesn't have, he doesn't have uh, Xantos, he doesn't have Volkmordian, like these other Iconics that get to keep their soul. He waits for Catacross to come back before he unleashes the Ossiarch Bone Reapers onto the Age of Sigmar, during the Age of Sigmar. Nice. I got you. Okay, this makes more sense now, because it, it does kind of jump around the timeline in the story, in the book, where they're covering different parts. Um, yeah. Let's do this. Before we take our next break, I'd like to talk a little bit about the the, the, the six main factions okay. of the uh, of the Bone Reapers, the Null Myriad, the Staliarch Lords, those guys. Then we'll take a break and we'll come back and we're going to do, because of the time constraints that we're under today, um, did you know this lockdown messes up everything for everybody? I haven't put it out. Does, I have Yeah, you know, I, I I thought I'm going to be locked at home. I'll have extra episodes put out. I can't get one out on time in the last two months. So hey, heck, we're recording this the day after it was due out. So that's how bad it is. But then we're going to do that. Then we'll take a break, and then we're going to come back. And I'd like you to give. Now we're going to do some little brief, just synopses of the different unit sort of types. Uh, at least their summaries in the book because they kind of roll through, giving you an I, idea of what units are in the army. Okay. And okay. Just, just, I mean, just a little. I mean, we don't have to go into great detail about these, but just kind of what are they and what's their purpose. Um, and then that way there's a little bit of lore behind them when we get to war next time. So, all right. So let's start with these guys. The first one is the Mortis Praetorians. Okay. Um, these guys are known as the 10,000 Cohorts. Now, this, uh, this. This uh, this is an interesting one to me. It it seems like these guys are, for, I mean, they're always kept up at the, at the same numbers, and they're always uh, no matter what goes on. It's interesting that they are. These are the guys who seem to. They're the ones who are holding up the utopian, or dystopian, depending how you see it. It's ideal. dystopian. Come on, it's dystopian. Well, I mean, but the book describes it as Nagash's utopian. His, his... You mean it's necrotopian? Oh, necro. Oh, is it does it does say necrotopia? I totally. Yeah, it does. Okay, I'm totally an idiot. Um, 
So these guys are really the they're sort of the elites and the the sophisticate the uh, of the am I have yeah, I got these, this right? Yeah, these are the ones with like the art and the culture, right? But also right. they're supposed to be the ones that have the most martial prowess and understanding. Um, so like it talks about like how Nagash when he like blends the souls and stuff like that, and it's 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 important that you understand that they have like a caste system, and that like it's not Nagash directly doing stuff with the with the Ossiarch Bone Reapers at some point. This no. is this this is important that you understand that like this modicum of free will that they're they're allowed, uh they they establish like a caste system, like uh go conquer the city. Oh yeah, cool, they did that and they did it in fifty years instead of a hundred, and so then they just go and like do other stuff and like they set up more cities and you gotta keep in mind that like he's choicely like taken the souls to be certain personality types and do certain stuff. But when it gets right down to it, like they still have some degree of agency, which is what makes Ossiarch Bone Reapers a great army to play when you're looking to put your own spin on your army of death. Because you have like, if you play like Legion of Nagash, it's just like 90% like mindless it's it's it's, it's army mindless. Of yeah, it's mindless. Yeah, it's army. Exactly, it's mindless yeah, stuff not, with it, necromancers and vampires and things. A few that make wills it. holding them together, like and doing stuff. Um, if you do ghouls, ghouls have a ton of like hobby uh, flesh of your courts, ton of hobby potential, ton of like uh, like ho- madness and stuff like that. But when it gets right down to it, there's like no true agency because they're all like sort of drunk with psychoses. Um, and then you've got ghosts, and ghosts are all just like punished things i'm not saying like hobby your stuff the way you want hobby it by the way 100 I'm, I'm not gonna ever tell you not to like have a sweet concept army but but like when you're talking about the personality of of like what you're given in a book osir bone reapers are allowed personality it's twisted it's weird it's macabre but you're here on the death faction for a reason so like what is that death inverted thing yeah. Of what culture looks like. That's Mortis Praetorians. Okay. Uh, then we've got the Petrifex Elite. So so the Petrifex Elite are, are – you should have omitted them from saying this. You wanted upvotes because people are going to hear Petrifex Elite and immediately downvote it. Um, but Petrifex Elite are – they're called the Elite. Um, so what you need to understand is like Mortis Praetorians like care about culture and art and like uh, Mortisians, right? They take – Artisan, and they turn it into mortisan, right? More, as in death art, right. right? Like they are sculpted. Art goes into this stuff existing. The Petrifex elite are, are elite killers, right? yes. Yeah. In that they give up art to murder. These right. are this is the last. This is the last ditch of of the of the Osiar Bone Reapers. These are the the ones. These are the these are the SEAL Team Six. Of of Ossiarch Bone Reapers. Uh, they're made from, like, god beasts and dinosaurs and crazy things. Right. To, to go in and show up and deal with the problem. Oh, and they're the ones, they've got, like, they've got, like, the ember all over them, like, kind of sealed them, so they, like, all look all shiny. They've got all sorts of sigils and, and, and writings from Nagash written all over their bodies. But they've got that, that gurish rage in them and if you crack them open no ivory host oh that's the ivory host i'm sorry oh i'm I'm confusing my my stuff i apologize 
Ugh, I would edit this, but I don't care enough to. So just forget that I said that. That's the ivory. No, 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 no. Really, really importantly, the Petrovix elite are an anomaly in Bone Reaper society, for they do not create, construct, nor reshape the lands they conquer. They exist only to slay and to pillage ancient bone from civilizations they shatter. Each hall of petrified bone used to create more terrifying shock troops. So their rampage can grow even deadlier. Oh, that's right. This has got that cool they, thing. This is Metro- yeah. Again, Petrifex Elite give up society to be the the SEAL Team Six. Like they just, if you can imagine, like we mentioned, Mortis Praetorians are like they're elite in that, like they're all like martial prowess and like stuff like that. But like they're very much they have culture. It's it basically like Mortis Praetorians and Petrifex Elite. I feel like would be the most at odds with each other as like oh, society. Yeah. Now, what's interesting here is this is the part that it's says, the Spartans versus the the Athenians, right? Is what's going on. It's like Morris Praetorians are the Athenians, Petrifex elites. Are, what is your profession to murder? That is Petrifex elite. Whereas like Morris Praetorians is like, oh yeah, we're um, excellent in combat and stuff like that. But like, I'm going to bake breads and like and have tapestries, <laughs> and then like think of uh, of murder as an art and like so on and so forth, like. That that's the difference, and and this is where like yeah rules and everyone's gonna like malign Petrifex Elite, but like on the table that's what they're supposed to be. And the coolest if you're talking about one that's gonna be the most combat powerhouse, it's gonna be the Petrifex Elite because that's their lore. Coolest All part in this bit of lore. Go in ahead. the age of myth, they were given but one command by Nagash himself, an order rumored by the other legions to be no longer than a sentence, and nobody knows what it is. Nobody knows exactly what he told them, but he gave them some sort of command. There's all sorts of rumors about what it is, but he gave them a job in the Age of Myth and sent them off, and they haven't stopped doing it. Yeah, they haven't come back yet. (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy. It's metal. Uh, uh, Like, again, like, I think we're going to see some GHB changes. Petrifex Elite is going to get the nerf that, that the community so desires. But please, 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 on this lore episode, do not let it undermine how awesome their lore truly is. They're the SEAL Team 6 on a secret mission from their god of death. Yeah. There's a reason they're the deadliest legion in 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 this book. It's awesome. Like, it's not just that they're made out of dinosaur bones. Like, they give up culture, which is a big important aspect of Osir Bone Reapers, to murder you. And like, yeah, we can dial the numbers back. But the point is, is like, this is the... If ever there is an army in this book that exists solely to obliterate, it's the Petrifex Elite. You need to understand that. And and now we can move on. There we go. Uh, Staliarc Lords. So, like, what's cool about the Staliarc Lords is, like, these are, like... These are the horsemen. Yeah, these are the the horsemen. Um, We can go into the war section of it, but, but like, Staliarc Lords uh, were essentially, like, Catacross recognized he didn't have... He recognized that in rule terms he didn't have fast cavalry. Yeah. And so he went out and he conquered Equus and he got cavalry. <laughs> like Makes um, sense. Yeah. Yeah. And so like Staliarch Lords are like the this the Equimorti, this 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 like these noble horse lords, the uh that, They're a that really like, perverted version and I don't wanna I don't wanna compare them so much to the um Bretonians. But they've got this weird sick sense of honor and stuff that goes on here. They talk about how they are lawful evil to the fullest. Yeah, they come in and like I said, whereas whereas your Bretonians were lawful good, 
These guys are yeah, lovely. They will come in before they will attack any city. They will come up at night beforehand and be like, uh, we'll leave you alone if you can do this thing. And then they throw some impossible task, some John Wick level impossible task. And if, if they do it and they do oh, it, yeah, cool. then, then they'll, peace, okay, then peace. Yeah, but, peace it all, but that almost never happens. Right, because I mean, this is this is part of the the Ossiarch Bone Reapers thing. Is like, um, so they they want your bones and they want you to like they want the milk on, of the day and not the every day and instead of the slaughtered. I love that analogy. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Staliarch Lord, the whole Ossiarch Bone Reapers are like essentially that like lawful evil contract. Like here are the rules, blah blah blah. The Staliarch Lords are the ones that like get the closest to honor though, and not just rules. If that makes sense, they're following the letter almost, and not the spirit of it. It's like okay, everyone else they come up and they give them something that they can probably do. It seems, you know, <laughs> give us a bone tithe, give us this, give us. They come up with some ridiculous thing. Oh, you can't do it. Yeah, that's because you suck. Now you're dead. Yeah, if if you can balance a grain of rice on this dagger, then we won't assault your village. Yeah, and nobody can do that. And then they're like, yeah. oh, see, because that's because you suck. Sorry you suck so yeah. bad. Deuces. Now you got to die. You didn't deserve to live. You didn't deserve to live. You didn't deserve it. Like, you weren't honorable enough. So awful. Because your honor was on the line. It's pretty metal. I, I Stalyric Lords are uh, – I think they're really cool. And, like, the whole, like, like part where – again, Catacross is kind of the army's heart uh, and soul. And, like, he's like, oh, we don't have, like, fast cavalry. I'm going to go conquer the, like, afterlife where all the horse lords go. Like, like he just did that, and so now you get Staliarch Lords. It's, it's fantastic. And so next up is the Ivory Host, and this is the one that I actually was saying. They're from Gur, and they've got all the. So, so Ivory Host are the. Um... They're made from the bones of the big beasts in Gur too, aren't they? Well, they 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 have the like they carry the primal rage, and I think that there's like a. Um... I think this is an indictment of like the human spirit, like that, like you you brood some and you carry something with you when you die. Mm-hmm. You know, like, this is, they're the most, like, ghostly and vengeful. Um, their whole thing is, like, they're pseudo-mortis praetorians. Like, in that, like, they're super regal and, like, you know, they care about culture and, like, they're they're proud and, and they're they're righteous in death. Like, mm-hmm. they're, they're the closest to, like, truly honorable of all of the Ossiarch Bone Reapers. If anybody is to, like, actually, like, okay, so, like, one... Farmhand defeats like three Ossiarch Bone Reapers with a sickle. The Ivory Host like would look at that and go, "Oh, like good form," and like move on. Okay, okay, but like they hold within this primal anger that is like unleashed if, in their basest form. Um, they should be, they should be this like almost schismatic, like haunting, ragey. They should be Wolverine. Like okay. they should be like the 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 Ronin without a without a master with a rage. Like he's got an honor sense, but like that's not how they come across on the table. But their lore is really, 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 really cool in that they're the closest thing to like I think good that that the Ossiarch Bone Reapers get. But if they start to get wounded and that opens up all oh, of that rage. rage, yeah, then yeah, they, they rage. rage. Yeah, they just rage. So, like, they, they show up with, like, propriety and, like, a sense of honor, and they seem okay, and they're all regal, and they have this, like, they're in Until they start losing, and then they become crazy yeah, and bad sports. Like, and then they go berserker. And they go berserker rage. They go full Wolverine. Yeah. Nice. All right. So, let's see. Let's get through the rest of these here. Um, null Myriad and Crematorians. Yep. So, the Null Myriad. Um, these guys are – these were the ones that we were talking about. This is This is the stuff that – 
uh, were guarding the edges of the realm because these guys are very resistant to magic. And so they can, Nagash can send them to where before, you, you know, he's sending his skeletons to come back with one grain of this sand and it's destroying them in the process. These guys stand out in the middle of it and they can handle so, it. So, so like, Null Myriad, I think, has the biggest lore implications, by the way. Okay. Um, he, they're, the, they're gifted to Archon as a reward for, like, building the pyramid. But they're also the ones that were active during the Age of Myth. The rest were just kind of, like, laying low. The Null Myriad is essentially, like, they're, like, guarding those peripherals when they're bringing back the Gravesands from the outreaches of the realm. Yeah, and this is what confused me, because I'm reading about it, and it says all of that, and then it says they were completed only after the Necroquake, for that cataclysm rendered their purpose moot, and so now... No, I would say that they weren't the Null Myriad yet. But right. the skeletons that became the Null Myriad were in existence and doing stuff. Right. And, that, and when I they first read it, I had Null to go Myriad back and reread it. I'm like, oh, okay. Right. So they weren't the Null Myriad until he gifted them to Archon. That's when they became the Null Myriad. But then you found that the Null Myriad were made up of the ones that guarded the Graves and did all the stuff. Does that make sense? Right. And this uh, is not, now, it's not an See, I don't think it's inconsistent. I think no, it's not inconsistent. Myriad, it's just I had to go back and reread it because I got confused is what I'm saying because I was like, wait, what? The, 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 yeah. Right, but the point is, like, there were certain, like, Ossiarch Bone Reapers that were, like, resistant to the crazy stuff going on, and they were the original ones guarding the peripherals, and they weren't the Null Myriad, pardon me, they weren't the Null Myriad until they were gifted to Archon, essentially. See, and here's what I was reading the- next, and this is where I, this is the other thing. So they, uh, at Gothazar, Archon the Black made a pact with Catacros, giving countless thousands of his tainted death rattle skeletons. Those are the ones who are picking up the, the grains of sand, the grain right? The grains of sand, yeah, yeah. Uh, as material with which to make more magically resistant legionnaires. He asked only for an alliance mind. in return. Ooh. Since, this- yeah, since then, a wary respect has united the two elder Mortarks and the Null Myriad have been sent out from Shyish to claim the perimeters of other realms. Few can contest them as they build necropolises among the howling winds of magic. So, yeah, so that's what I thought is he, they, he used all those skeletons that had been out in the realm, those death rattle skeletons out there so long. Here, take these. You can make what I already have out of them because they're already been out there so long. They've yeah. got this resistance. And they made a deal. And once again, what's the deal? What okay. Is- yeah, this is where I come back to is, like, I think Null Myriad are the most storied. I think they have the greatest implications because this is Nagash is force for getting a foothold in all of the other realms. And if you can control the magics on the like perimeters of the realms, whew, yeah, come on. Exactly. Like, right, this is like this leading is, to something this is, huge. That's yes, the, this yes. could be the and, third plan. Yes, this could be the third plan. This is what, yes, yes, man, I love that you've been listening. Um, this is the <laughs> third plan. No, this is, this is it for me. Like, because Archon, um, like, being eternally loyal to Nagash, so on and so forth, striking a pact with Catacros, the, like, strategic genius, like, I, I've got, like, a couple different theories, but, like, one could be, like, actually, like, Catacros, Archon, t- team up to be, like, Captain America, kill Nagash, and they are the death gods going forward in, like, oh. ten years from now? Cool. It was foreshadowed right here. Or... Nagash's next big awesome third plan happens, and like it was Nagash and Catac, or I'm sorry, it was Archon and Catacros teaming up to become super friends and like go into the next step. Because when you have the supreme necromancy magic BA, like with the supreme tactical genius teaming up, like 
Archon, like, consumed some extra winds of magic, so he's not just a necromancy god. He's learned other schools of magic. And Catacross is conquering the outer rims of your realms. Could be something Ooh, interesting. Isn't that awesome? So, so Null Myriad, to me, is, like, the most lore uh, rife. The most lore... It's the juiciest of all of them. Okay. Because... It, it, it's just it's they're awesome and on the table they're they're like a, a meta pick it's it's if zinch and like seraphon are everywhere like playing all myriad cool like but like but like on the uh, in the lore they're they're there the whole time they're made from the skeletons that are carrying the grain sand these two simultaneous plots catacross pre being the catacross with the sculpted body and the soul coming back like like, he's already talking to Archon, they're giving high fives, they're making deals. Like, this is the one for me. This is the one that just says, this foreshadows a bunch. This makes sense. This is pretty cool. All right, let's talk about the Crematorians, then we're going to take a break. All right, so so the Crematorians are, do you love Corpse Explosion in Diablo 2? That's what this, yeah, exactly. So wait, these guys are literally on fire on the inside. They got a hellfire burning in them. Yeah, and- so like... Yeah, this is this is the brute force legion. Like Nagash, I feel like this is Nagash's like twisted afterlife thing coming through, where he wishes to make an example of folk, right? Like he still has. We didn't talk about the cast, and I, I think we should talk about the cast when we come back, real quick. And okay. then, like, I can I can talk to you about how I think Crematorians fits into the whole scheme of thing because he just basically this is the most Nagash is not often a like overt smash it blow it up destroy it guy that's not his thing he's all about the long con and right but sometimes you need siege weapons those are crematorians that makes sense like these are the ones that are just sent in to burn it down this is the inelegant destructive force this is like there's almost a sadism in them where they just they just they must destroy the thing, and this is where like if you play D anD D, where there's like revenants, like the spirits that like can't be contained, and they just they're so mad. Like he's found a use for those spirits in the crematorians. That makes sense. I'll go with that. Um. All right. Listen, we're gonna take a break, and when we come back, rather than go through all of the different. Units and their little history. I think we can cover some of that in war. We can kind of, but I do want to go through that that cast system with you, kind of cover okay. that, and then wrap it up. And then next episode we'll do uh, the war stuff. And as we talk about the rules, we can always just give a quick generalized uh, bit of background on them, only because we're, we're we're sort of hitting hitting the wall here on time limits. Fair otherwise, yeah, fair otherwise we could, but we, that's another hour, and it's just an hour we don't. I I just don't have right today. Fair so uh, we'll take a break, folks. We'll come right back and we'll talk about the cast system and and lay a few other things out. We'll be back.
Are you finally looking to start your rebasing project? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some new and interesting resin terrain? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some fancy acrylic counters to keep track of wounds or maybe some other statistical anomalies? Six Squared Studios. Maybe you need a new rack for your paint? Six Squared Studios. Well, then look no further. What you need is Six Squared Studios. They ship worldwide with domestic shipping for both the U.S. and Canada. Six Squared Studios. That's right. Six Squared Studios. That's the number six, squaredstudios.ca. When your gaming needs go beyond your basic dice, tape measure, models, and paints, think Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Now all your base are belong from them. And we are back. Here we are, back again. We are back. <laughs> we are little, taking little, man. Little, little little Jacob Berry there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Jake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What a good that, guy, man. Love He's, that guy. I do too. He's. Oh, why are we starting the "We Are Back" with the "We Are Back"? Uh, <laughs> Jake Berry is one of the coolest guys you will ever play yes. on the table. Whether you're into the 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 hobby, the 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 zhuzh of your army, or you just want to drink beer and roll dice, he's probably the best at drinking beer and rolling dice. In terms of like the experience, the Jacob Berry experience for me is drinking beer and rolling dice. But there you go. I digress. ATC champion, whatever, <laughs> whatever it was. All right, so. Let's talk about the the Legion's Immortal. For those of you following along in your book, I believe we are on page twenty four and twenty five. This is the breakdown of the army and 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 the and like you said, the cast, the cast. Yeah. So their their, their cast system. There's some interesting stuff in here that I really liked. We kind of jumped over, and I was like, "Oh, that's kind of cool, though." So oh, man, I I feel it does a disservice to the army if you don't pay attention to the fact that they have a cast system, which is is super like old school, like Hindu, like like Buddhism and um, like Hinduism, right? Yeah. With like yeah. Opesh, the the cow god, and a bunch of stuff like that. Like if you don't, because it, um, Hinduism is like a super uh, death oriented um, religion, right? Like, and, All right, and, and just remember, folks, if anyone disagrees with this or takes offense to what we're saying here, send the emails to. In this case, it's at Mr. Meff on Twitter. At Mr. Uh, Meff on Twitter, yeah. Yeah, yeah because... no, 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 disagree with me. No, I'm not like, saying it, it's wrong. I'm just saying I don't want to make any no, bad I mean, generalizations like about bi- it. Yeah. There's, there's like three billion people in, in Hinduism, and like I'm giving you a broad stroke because there's various there uh, sects and, 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 and variants and so on and so forth. Um you know the, the Siddhartha Gautama, the the Buddha, was essentially a person that went and meditated under a tree and figure figure out the meaning of life. And then you have like Hinduism. Oh my gosh, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole. Yes, because let's not. my broad my broad strokes won't won't do it justice. The whole point is like that you have a caste system essentially in like in in, in this sort of like afterlife oriented philosophy, right? And 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 legions, uh, the legions immortal that they, the the Bone Reapers have a caste system. They actually have an untouchables caste. This is crazy to me. I I don't know what human sat in that writer's room 
you talked about like where was it overbounds and like Kevin went and sat in the corner with his sriracha, yeah, mayo, and yeah, the exiles like, and outcasts, who, yeah, yeah. Who sat there and said, "Oh, say like Nagash needs more substance because we get that he's a death god, but like we need a, a like a more uh, palpable." thing than just like oh you die you come to like the afterlives because there's all the afterlives and then like you're just skeletons now we needed something more and so like the 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 Osiric bone reapers come up with this like weird cast system where they've essentially again they've they've really conscripted the lives of the undead they've they've taken over whatever your awesome beliefs were and your various like afterlives because you're supposed to get your like awesome hedonistic eating grapes life and you're supposed Mm -hmm. to get your like Floating on clouds, hands on the back of your head, uh, feet kicked up, and you got a pet lion. You're supposed to get that afterlife too. Like you're supposed to get all the awesome afterlives in Shayesh. But Nagash has ruined it. He's taken over. And he's done this by way of Catacross, and this is super important because the Osiric Bone Reapers are the elite squad of martial, awesome fighters, blah, that did that. But then they also have like a sophisticated society uh, within that structure. And this is what's what's going on here is like so so like you have Nagash at the the top of the pyramid scheme because of course it'd be a pyramid scheme <laughs> of course yeah and yeah he's at the top I like how Archon is above Catacros in this list but well, Catacros is the only one who wears the royal cartouche for the for the Mortarks. Because Archon predates all this stuff, and the, basically him and the rest of the Mortarks, like, man, well, we, nah, we're not wearing your stuff. Well, well like, uh, what it is is, like, you look at the, the pyramid scheme that you're given on, on, on page uh, 25 in your book. Mm-hmm. Archon's label is uh, over Catacros, mm-hmm. but their little blue lines, their peaks, are parallel. They're right. side by side. Um, I do think that this is intentional, by the way. Because they could have easily laid out this book to be Catacross and Archon are on the same like plane. Well, they all are uh, Mortarks, so there's that line there. Right, and and we might have the Mortark categories on the other side of the page where the book doesn't include like Manfred and Neferata and stuff like that, right? Like where they, they'd be on the same plane as Archon. Mm-hmm. I think that exists. I do. Um, but for the purpose of the Osiric Bone Reapers, it's it's Orpheon, Catacross, and Archon are on the on the, on that that top sphere. Mm-hmm. Um, so Archon is essentially on the side of it that is the um, the the priestly aspect of their uh, their their structure. So Archon is on the side that says Nagash is our god. Like this gets lost a little bit in in the death mythos. Because, like, you need to understand that, like, oh, like, Nagash is just conscripting everybody and he just bends all the undead to his will. But all of the afterlives, with the exception of the souls that Sigmar steals, all the souls of the normal people in, like, the cities of Sigmar that aren't heroic enough to make Sigmar's cut end up in Shayish in their afterlife, right? And they have their own belief structure and stuff like that when they show up. Right. And... Archon's job essentially is to go around and be like, "Praise be to Nagash," right? That's fundamentally what what Archon does in Shayish. In addition to being like a a really rad necromancer and stuff, he, that's what Archon does. He's like, "Oh yeah, Nagash, 
fealty to Nagash, fealty to Nagash, yada, yada, yada. And he goes around and like, oh, yeah, did worshiping Sigmar uh, get you to be a Stormcast Eternal? Oh, you're not. Ho, ho. He didn't think you were heroic enough. Right. Like, but Nagash values you. Nagash sees your potential. Nagash gets you. Like, that's what Archon's doing kind of in Shyesh a little bit. And, and so it's on this, interesting because like, the little triangle that shows up, he's over the uh, the emissarian cast, which are you know the guys who are out there, the religious that that religious order, and like you said, he's right over them. Whereas Catacros is in the sim- in the center, and like just the corners are touching all the little things. But Archon seems to be centered over. You got Soul Reapers, Soul Masons. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah, the guys who are forming your um, culture. Yeah, yeah. They're forming the culture of death, which is again. I, I need to. I need to bring this back. Is like Osiric Bone Reapers give death a culture in a- Age of Sigmar. I look forward to whatever else is is on the horizon. By the way, because this is the Ossian Empire, and they gave us a little map, and uh, the Ossian Empire was just to the side of our known map. Right. So there's like so much more death to go. But like, this is a really cool insight into how. Living in a Shyish, where Shyish is all of the underworlds, what does that even structure begin to look like? Because, and I'm going to skip to the end a little bit, I think that they're building a rebellion of death. Um, with the exiles, and the, there's an outcast status within this structure. You have the, the, the para, or the shattered, as a cast within the Ossian Empire. Or the the Osiar Bone Reapers understanding of, of of the afterlife. So you have these like untouchables and these undesirables, but they still have a cast. Uh huh. And in in the Ossian Empire, in in the Osiar Bone Reapers, you can't really get promoted because Nagash and all of the like soul masons and 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 soul and and bone shapers are like weaving the souls and fracturing them up and putting them in blending them perfectly into all these awesome like machines of death and and their idea culture but like oh you didn't execute war and death properly or you didn't make a great painting you know what i'm gonna like blend your re-blend your soul again i'm gonna distill it down right and that's and, uh, part of it because like the more tech guard and stuff like they're under they're you know a part of the thorak cast they're the military body so if a more tech guard distinguishes himself can can he get a promotion or or is that not the plan because they've already been I, blended and it's like you're made to do this certain thing i don't think is there a consideration do you rise through the ranks it doesn't seem like that's how this place works. It's it's not how this place works, but I would like to think that sometimes you do go up, but it feels like the book writes like you only go down, you never go up. Because Nagash has already said like, oh, you're acumen and martial prowess, I'm going to take your soul and I'm going to put you in this, this Mortec Guard unit. Right, and this is what I'm going to do with you, I'm blending you up for this, yeah, and this if you die you and you get destroyed, I'm just going to take, after the battle's over, we're going to scoop up all your parts, re-blend yeah. them, and you're just going to yeah. get stuck back. Like there's no. Yeah, you're going to go back to being a Mortec Guard, or like if, if like I said, hey, in 100 years I want this this city conquered, right? Because I got other, I got better stuff to do. This is why I gave you a modicum of sentience. This is why I gave you a small amount of sentience as a death god. Who doesn't believe in sentience? Like, eh, it's a means to an end. I gave you this means to the end. Mm-hmm. I come back in 101 years and you haven't taken over the civilization. What am I going to do to your soul? 
I'm going to pulverize it and I'm going to put it into a bunch of Mortec Guard and I'm going to find a soul that's more prime, hopefully in the last hundred years, and put it into that like Bone Shaper or Liege Kavalos body. Right? Like, that's what's kind of going on. So, like, I feel like the, the system kind of rounds down a bunch, mm-hmm. which is the, the, the sort of fatalism of the Ossiarch Bone Reapers, the fatalism of death as a concept. Oh, yeah, because here it is. Although a Bone Reaper might move within this organization, they cannot rise above their allotted station. Only downward should they fail to a level that reflects the punitive new status within the heraldry. Because, well, again, yeah. Nagash is Hades. The poetic punishments of your soul, right? Mm-hmm. Like you look at all—that's what the Nighthawk book is. It's just like look at all these amazing punishments for like people who deserve it, kind of. Like the criminals become this. Yeah, the, you do poorly enough, they'll make you into one of the para, the shattered, the cast of Nagash's yes, forsaken yes, exile. Yes, yes, yes. And and this is where, um, this is what I really wanted to talk about because I think para, um, I think that the Ossiarch Bone Reapers is the most allowed you are to put your own spin on a death army okay like when it comes to like i'm trying to like something i struggle with for a long time as a death player we we've talked about my lineage as a death player is like trying to put my own spin on death and i do it in a couple iconic characters i'm like this necromancer is this necromancer named guy right like oh mm-hmm. like vanderasp Death Spew is like my my necromancer, and like uh, then I write about him. Um, but then like ninety percent of my army has you know, they're just shambling dead that he's exerting his will over. What's right. cool about Ossiarch Bone Reapers is that like you have these flights of individualism and will throughout the whole army. You have those joker faces and you have those frowny faces and you have the more stern ones that you can put throughout your whole army. And then you have this cast system where you can really like begin to think about it and remix it and mix it to come together into like your own take on what a death imperialistic army would look like under, yeah, the, the reign of Nagash and the, and the gaze of Catacros, but ultimately – yeah, but ultimately this this like your spin this is interesting. This is very you, interesting. This is why I wanted I didn't want to not talk about this. And so like you can have the para. You can have an army of para. Right? And they These bury un- it at the very end of this whole like setup yeah. of their of their their you know how they're their whole thing going on. Yeah. Yeah, so like these are the fractured they're called the shattered, right? Like you can have this whole army of the shattered that is your army. This is where we we we, let, we ended on the crematorians because they're like kind of the ones that go to like tear down the structures and they're sh- they're kind of like the shock troopers and the like burn it down thing. That's where like Nagash sends the souls that didn't quite work out and they broke their ways down the caste system and he's like ah, I got no use for you, but like you're aggressive, so I'm going to take your aggressive soul and put it in this body. Huh. But if you're like aggressively for like equality or what if you're aggressively for I don't know just painting like you know whatever the because he wants mortisons to like have culture and painting and all that's part of the Ossian empire all that's in there so you think this is leading to revolution i think it's a great foil down the line for death being more um interesting than nagash rules everything and i say that as a total nagash homer so you need to understand how much i believe in how awesome i think this is 
No, that's cool. And that's it's an interesting take. I hadn't thought of it that way. I hadn't really, and I, I actually missed the whole part about the, how they can only move down. Um, no, that's pretty interesting, isn't it? Yeah, and that's a lot to think about. And on that, we're going to let you all think about it. We're going to be back in about a week and a half or so with the war section of this book. And will you be joining me again, my friend? Dude, while I got Alex you. is still Love moving. It. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Uh, that, shout outs to Alex G, the Alex G in my book, by the way. Yeah, the Alex um, G, the Alex G, Mister the Alex G, and Mrs. the Alex G. Um, big life move, big props, big shout outs to them. Um, if if you haven't met Alex in a tournament, like Holy Havoc was like, yeah, one of my favorite moments is just like hanging out with him and stuff like that. Like, great dude. Um, we had our musical, you and me, my friend, <laughs> and I would play you anytime, oh, any yeah. place. So, um, thank you for letting me be on here to talk about how much I think Ozark Bone Reapers are amazing. They're so they good. Are. I love this army. I love this army. Well, I'm glad, and we will talk about them more, and we'll get your take, because I know you've been spending a lot of time playing them and, 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 and thinking about them, and I'm, I'm interested to hear your take, because I'm running all Theory Hammer, so it'll be interesting to, with someone who's played them a bunch. Yep, yep. Um, all right. Before we go, though, I do need to thank once again our Patreon patrons, folks. Those of you who have joined recently, those of you who have stuck stuck with us through the long haul, uh, and those of you who used to be patrons, I want to thank each and every one of you, and especially our associate producers, Phil Elliott, Dwight Sims, Christopher Sanders, and Lance Pear, and our executive producers, Colin Min- uh, Colin Miller. I did it again, and Andrew Frankuizen or Frankuizen Frankuizen. Wow, I'm just tripping all over my own tongue. Uh, thank you all for being part of the 1% who makes this show and everything we do on it possible. Mephisto, I will talk to you shortly. Uh, we'll yeah. be back on again in a bit. And folks, until next time, don't forget that only the faithful will be triumphant. Only the faithful will stand when all others fall. And only the faithful know no despair except in failure. You've been listening to Garage Hand. If you've enjoyed the show, maybe consider leaving us a positive review on iTunes or check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash garagehammer. If you'd like to reach us, you can contact us via our email address, garagehammer at live.com. You can also find us on Twitter. David is at garagehammer and Alex, that's me, is at somekindageek30. Original music by Claire Seabrook. You can find more of her work at soundcloud.com slash Music. Finally, if you want to join the Garage Hammer community, as well as the AOS community worldwide, you can comment on our episodes in the show thread at the Grand Alliance Forums. That's tga.community. Or check out the Garage Hammer Facebook page. And as always, thanks for listening.